Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome in, welcome in, everybody, and a happy, happy Thursday, Friday Eve, as we like to call it. That's Tone. You can't see him. He's camouflaged, man. He can't, he's he's going to pop out. Whoop, he's going to get you. No. <laughs> That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this December 21st. Uh, shout out to uh, to everybody out there. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Tone, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. I'm just taking it easy. It's a Thursday. <clears throat> Feel all right, man. One day at a time, man. That's all you can do. I hear you, man. So um, here's what I would advise everybody. If you're in a condo or an apartment or living with your parents, keep doing it. (laughs) Don't be a homeowner. That's what I would tell you. Don't be a homeowner. So last night I'm doing some, some wash. All right. And I noticed the the tub next to the washer is getting backed up. Right. All right. Happens. Not a big deal. I'm, I'm, I become an expert at plunging. I'm a good plunger. So I get in there, pop, 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 plunging, doing my thing, doing the stuff I always do. I get my, I have a little snake. I stick that in there the whole night, right? Usually that does the trick. It's not a big deal. Uh, in this case, for whatever reason, it was not going down, right? So I did it for a while. I was doing it. And then around like 11 o'clock last night, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'll take a break. I'll pick it up back, pick it back up tomorrow. So uh, it, the, the, the basin, I guess, or the tub or whatever is about halfway full last night. Okay. With water. I wake up this morning. It had overflowed. So there was a backup somewhere in the main piping in the house. All right. Call the plumber wow. immediately. Yeah. Call the plumber. Imme- this is at, on the heels it, of, by, and this is, and this is happening overnight. Like it was literally overflowing overnight. How, how much yeah. water did you have to deal with on, on, on the floor? A decent amount. Yeah, decent amount. Got the shop back out and, you know, decent amount. And then, so this is on the heels of all the issues I had before with the flood from the one bathroom into the other bathroom, which ruined the basement, which pro-action restoration is taking care of. So anyway, uh, so that happens. Plumber comes over. I'm thinking, all right, he'll, he'll, it's not going to be a big deal. We'll, we'll get the, 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 the uh, washer and dryer, which are located in the basement. We'll get that taken care of. Not a big deal. 
Uh, it turns out it's a much bigger deal than that. Um, and we had to run a, a snake through the, the roof <clears throat> all the way into all the way down through the house underground uh, to the sidewalk. And it's uh, a main line. It's a main line. Main line. Main line. Main line. Uh, and then so that is we did that. that. Uh, and but the problem is there's the, the trap. What the, the trap was not properly put in previously for the basement uh, for the washer down there. I don't want to bore people with this with too much, but anyway, so it's still not fixed. Long story short, so we can shower, we can use the the sinks and all that, but I can't use the uh, washer. The guys were here from uh, just left; so they got here at eight a.m. Eastern, so three hours. Uh, hey, listen, man, the fact that you had some people out there that responded quickly, yeah. Or, or you know, or as quickly as you were able to get them out there, yeah. Um, that's that's half the battle, man. Sometimes, sometimes, man, it, it takes, takes forever. Yeah. Two, three. Oh yeah, we, oh, yeah, we, we can fit you in three days. No, three days. I need I need somebody here now. I know, right? So 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 the pro action. Uh, did they handle this for you as well? Or they don't have anything to do with this thing. This is different. This is a private, uh, separate company. Okay. So they're okay. coming, and the guys were great. It's not okay. it's not them. Uh, and they're coming back out tomorrow because it's still not done uh, right, in the basement. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. when it rains, it pours, my friend. Especially on the holidays, woohoo! Quite yep. literally, man. Um, but every everything will work out. It sounds like you got a, a pretty good handle. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good, man. But it's good to see you. All right, so Tone, a couple, couple likewise, things, likewise. man. Couple, couple things. So you know, we're waiting for the game Monday, four thirty, Christmas Day. They play, mm -hmm. you know, so we got a little extra day. So one of the things the Eagles. Um, are doing this week that they did last week was they have a full practice today where usually today's a walkthrough for a Monday game. So he, he switched it up last week. He's doing the same thing um, this week. And also Matt Patricia is going to speak at 1230. So it's a bit little, little less than an hour and a half. As soon as we, you know, whatever we get from that, we'll certainly pass that along as we always do in show. So that'd be interesting to hear, you know, what he has to say about taking this thing over, et cetera. But it was a, it was an interesting press conference yesterday from Nick Sirianni, uh, to say the least. I, I, let, let's hit a couple of highlights here. So he more like low lights, low but lights. I got yeah, <laughs> depending on your perspective here, highlight. Um, so I want to start with this one because this was just flat out weird. Um, like the, he did the usual sort of coaching thing where he fell on the so the sword. Hey, this is my offense. People are blaming Brian Johnson too much. I get that. That's what leaders do. I, I'll get into that in a minute, but that's not the big deal because that happens all the time. What I thought was really weird was on that final offensive play when Jalen throws the interception that, that mm -hmm. Love picks off when AJ's double teamed. Okay. He claims that the objective was to draw a pass interference penalty. Okay. So let, let's start with that premise. Number one, I think he's probably covering for, for Jalen, pro probably. If he's not, like, that's beyond belief if that's actually what the objective of the play was. If you were running a play with without an intent of completing it or scoring a touchdown or whatever, so, yeah, let's hopefully draw a pass interference. Like, what? And to me, if he is covering, couldn't you just say, hey, look, I called the play, or, you know, we called a play, it didn't work out, you got to move on. Rather than that, I Weird, man. Really strange. That's my problem with him. He talks too much. Yeah. He feels the need to over-explain and, you know, give these elaborate answers to questions that don't require elaborate responses. Mm -hmm. And 
for him to even imply that their goal was to get a defensive pass interference, I don't see why he would need to cover for Jalen. It's not like people were it's not like that, it's not like that interception in particular or that play was being overly deliberated. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it happened, it was what it was. People, you know, moved on from that play, I guess. I again, like correct me if I'm wrong, I don't feel like that was something that was a topic of discussion all week. I feel like I feel like coaching in the front office has been the main topic of discussion. Yeah, there's been way more, way more talk about Nick and Brian Johnson and right. Patricia and Siri and, and uh, Desai change up than anything else. Right, like, right. So the, 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 this this idea that you felt, and again, we don't know if he was trying to come for him or not, but all we can do is operate on what he said. When I heard that yesterday, and we played it in the final segment of Cilio's show, and oh man, oh man, it was. It was a hell storm, you know, from the live chat. And I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys remember. it. It's embarrassing what's going on right now. Again, he has this weird this weird need to want to over-explain every decision he makes. And my thing is, you don't owe us shit. Mm-hmm. You don't owe us that. Mm-hmm. You know, they ask you a question, hey, you know, what you know, what was the plan? You know, what was the plan, you know, with that play, or how did that go down? Hey, yeah, you know, I called it. You know, obviously we wanted to get AJ the ball. He's our best player. Um, the defense made a great play. And um, you know, we got to live with the results. And the boom, there it is. Yeah. I just I just answered your question without answering your question. And guess what? The media, the journalists, they're gonna do it, but they're gonna do whatever with that that they will. But when you give them this much to sink their teeth into, and this is what he does, he gives you, he talks so much that eventually he ends up putting his foot in his mouth. You know, you know, uh, when you're, when you're, you know, one, one of the things I learned younger is, you know, when you try to talk to a girl, don't talk too much because eventually, eventually she's going to figure out who you really are. <laughs> less is more. So, le- less is more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You ever, you ever, you ever know somebody, they ramble so long, eventually you realize, oh, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that's what's going on with him. He needs yep. to stop rambling, and that's a sign of nervousness. Yeah. That's a sign of uncomfortability <clears throat> to me, and um, it's just not a good look. Again, no. looking for a pass interference in a in, in, in a a big moment like that. Well, mm-hmm. How do we send that? Now we're hoping the refs save us. Mm-hmm. What, what are we talking about, man? Yeah, it's strange. It's strange to me. Um, and the objective is never to get a pass interference call. That's what it, I'm it, saying. It, who it, who, it's, who it's, game it's, plans for that? No, you don't, and that's why it, it's a strange thing to. If you're covering, it's just a bad cover too. It just it, it it just brings up more criticism and more discussion about it. Rather than the easy thing is just like, hey man, it didn't work out. We move on. You know, it, it was it, yeah. it's we all know what the end result was, and we got to be better against the Giants. If you say something like that, then it's just like boom, okay. Yeah, I just again, I don't understand this need to over-explain. Yeah, yeah, over-explain, man. I. I don't know if that's just his personality. He just likes to talk. Um, I don't know if he's being directed to a hey, listen, give give descriptive responses when you when you when you talk to me. I, I don't know, but I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles PR people are having a good week. I don't think in, I don't think anything's going well. Well, here, here's the thing about Nick, right? So he kind of came in under the radar in the sense that he wasn't a well-known, he wasn't one of these highly touted assistant coaches. So, and that, that comes, there's two different things that come with that. One, it comes with scrutiny because people are like, who the heck is this guy? Right. That's the first thing. And I thought it was absurd. On, real quick. People... I'm, I'm sorry, Rob, real quick. Um, sure. Emreas Sirianni is 42, not 32. He's a grown ass man. He, he, he needs to conduct himself like such. He's not 32. He's 42. 
Add, some, yeah. add 10 years on to that. <laughs> Sorry. So, but, but my, no, it's okay. So, but, but my point is, you know, he came in and people were like, who's this guy? And they all killed him for the Zoom. I didn't. I thought that was ridiculous. They, they, who cares? He wasn't comfortable in front of a Zoom, whatever. So, anyway, my point is, he came in without high expectation because we didn't really know who he was, right? And then the first year, he gets them in the playoffs. I mean, really good accomplishment considering how bad they were the year before. The next year, they're in the Super Bowl. So it's been a, a meteoric rise. It's been a, it's been a big-time rise, and he's done an excellent job with this team. This is the first time, other than when they went 2-5 and five and, he, and he gave the play-calling duties to Shane Steichen, this is the first time since then that we've really seen him under fire here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that he, he, he knows how to handle it. Now, I'm not saying it's hard for anybody when you're catching this kind of heat, when, you, when you're in a city like Philadelphia where the expectation is very high. But I think part of it is, too, he's just sort of like, not that the PR people don't prepare him, but he's also flying by the seat of his pants. And then he's, you know how it is. You, sometimes you'll start saying something and you can feel yourself going like you're going nowhere fast. And you're like, I'm, I'm just babbling here with nonsense. That's when you know you're talking too much, when you start to hear yourself. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah, let me, let me, let me dial it back. I know that feeling when you're talking too much. Same. Like, oh. I've been there. We've all been there. Yeah. I've 100% been there. I'm there every show. Yep. <laughs> um, so, no, but I think that's a little piece of it. And I also just think it's, it, it you know, th- they don't have answers right now. They just don't. You've seen it. You know, they, they're all the stuff we want to correct it in the Seattle game, you know, wasn't corrected. You, and you could sit here and, and one of the things, and we'll get to this in a minute, but one of the things mm-hmm. Nick pointed out was, hey, you know, I, I think the offense is just as good, but we're turning the ball over and we're not getting explosive plays, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that. We'll get into the numbers with all that stuff in a second. So the offense isn't as good then. You know, well, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he, 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 his point was we're running the same thing we ran last year that had so much success. But that's we're just – I agree. That's I agree with you. From a premise standpoint, I'm saying you shouldn't be running the same exact stuff, okay? Not exactly the same. But his point was – this stuff's still good if we were just not turning the ball over, basically, is what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, draw your draw your own conclusions from that. Yeah. I'm not discounting turnovers are bad. Turnovers are not, turnovers are bad. Let's make that very clear. Turnovers yeah. are bad. They hurt you. They set you back, especially when you have at least two. Actually, especially when you have more than one in the game. Which they seem to come have up, every game. Coming from the same person. Yeah. Totally understand. They, by the way, they have 21 in 14 games. That's absurd. That's absurd. Turnovers are bad. I think we all universally agree turnovers are counterproductive, right? But to but to say the reason this offense isn't as productive is because of the turnovers and lack of explosive plays, and then you couple that with saying, yeah, we're running the exact same stuff as we did last year and the year before. Does he realize how idiotic that sounds? Yeah. Yeah, we're running the same place from last year. Okay. So you went through a whole NFL season, made it to a Super Bowl, doing things you did, doing things the way you did them, and you thought you can run it back the exact same way, thinking that no one was watching you or studying you. That's a lack of self-awareness to me. Yeah. That's a lack of uh ingenuity, innovation, right? How can you believe that the same way you did things the year before are going to translate to the following year? Yeah. Help me understand. Am I trip? Right? Am I? Am I? Am I not no, understanding? No, you're not. Live I mean, chat. You, you, am, live you, chat. Am I off here? No. Here's Please. the thing. You always have your foundation, 
But you need, and we all know A.J. Brown's great. Devontae Smith's a stud, and Jalen can do a lot of different things. We all know that. You don't want to get away from what you do foundationally, but you have to tweak things. You have to put, you know, there are going to be teams that are going to make adjustments. That they, they all know what happened last year. They know how good you are. You're on everybody's radar. You're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. And you need to change things on the fly if you want to have success. And that's the frustrating thing for me that I hear. The one last thing on this tone that was also, again, kind of a, I just found the whole thing weird. So the other thing he said was, and this is on the defensive side of the ball, okay? But Matt Patricia is not going to be scheming this. It's going to be Sean Desai's scheme where Patricia is going to be calling the plays in game. Shouldn't Patricia have more of a role in scheming this up if he's calling the plays? I mean, I know it's similar to the way the offense is like Nick claims he schemes it up and then Brian Johnson just calls the plays. I just, it doesn't seem as productive as it should be to me. I, I hear you, but here's the problem, right? When you spent 15 weeks installing a playbook and then all of a sudden you want to trash that and try to install a new one, it's it's it's, it's almost hard. It's, you, you can't just do that, yeah. right? And I think I, like it's, 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 you can't just completely dismantle everything you've installed and then all of a sudden you're three weeks, four weeks away from the playoffs and say, all right, scratch everything I've taught you, scratch all the lingo I've taught you. Um, you get, you know, I bring this in. So, okay. Um, but here's I what think, I would, I would counter that with. Okay. I don't want you going bananas and just flipping everything on its ear, but right. the scheme stinks that the shot, that the side put together, it stinks. Well, well, the you're you're, you're in the basement in, in everything. Well, remember the scheme is what Howie and Nick want, right? That, 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 that uh, Vic Fangio style. Yeah, the that, sticks defense, and you don't want to right. go to a big play. But but if you're going to make a move, at least allow the guy to to have a little bit more say in what it's going to look like, he being Patricia. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, no, I get you. I get you. Right. Why fire a guy if you're not going to allow the new guy to do something different? Right. Totally understand. Yeah. Totally understand. It's weird yeah. day, man. Weird day yesterday. Yeah. You know, um, this. we're not even talking about football anymore. We're talking about stuff that's happening in cubicles and in meeting rooms, all that kind of stuff. This is the problem we have with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. They've created such a distract. They, they've made, they've made this thing so much more turbulent than it had to be. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, why could it, it was bad enough, you know, dealing with the losing streak. Now we're, now we got coaches talking about, we're looking for penalties. Um, you got, uh, uh, Coaches getting fired, but they're still in the building. You know what I mean? It's 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 just been a mess all across the board, and we're expecting the players to just all of a sudden turn this around. This yeah, isn't tough. this isn't um this isn't boding um boding well. Um, it just feels everything is is so off kilter uh, right now, and that's a feeling we didn't have for one second last year with this team. And you know, even though there were some cracks. In, in the armor in the first 11 weeks, it, man, if you said to me three weeks later, it would look like this. It's not just the losses. It's the way everything's sort of shaking out too. It's, it's optics. It's yeah. And it's, it's the opposite of what this team has been. And, and, and it feels like things are coming off the rails a little bit. And, and that's the thing. The Eagles have typically been model citizens in the NFL. Yeah. You know, they've been a team, they, they've been an organization that you can sort of, um, Look up to right. Obviously, they only have one Super Bowl, but just in terms of how they do business, the structure, um, you know, not you know, uh, not necessarily being in the media for the wrong reasons. You know, yep. 
they've always been, they've always done a pretty good job of navigating their image in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. But now these past, the, 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 let's be honest, you can forget the Cowboys and the Niners loss. Forget that. From Seahawks week on, they look like an organization that's literally just throwing stuff at the wall until it sticks. Agreed. And it's at a point now where they believe that they're doing the right thing from a PR perspective. In reality, it's actually hurting. Mm-hmm. Right? Nick out there saying what he's saying in these press conferences. Um, you know, how are we making the move to demote Sean Desai and elevate Matt Patricia, but keep Sean Desai and you know in the in, in the coach's box, you know, playing on an iPad. Um then, you know, Jalen Hurts saying what he said in the press conference about, you know, the, uh, the lack of commitment from the people around him. I'm, uh, You know what? Now that I bring that up, I'm curious. Because when he said that, Jalen Hurts about the lack of commitment, you yep. know, around the building. Me, personally? Well, actually, you know what? Let, let me not pollute it. When you heard him say that, who did you think he was talking about? Who did I think Jalen was talking about when he mentioned a lack of commitment? Um, who did you think he was talking about? I, I don't know that I, I'm being honest with you. I don't know that one person came to mind immediately. Who, who, who well, was it for you? For me, I felt like he was talking about the coaching staff. Okay. For me, um, I look at it from this perspective. When I look at that roster from top to bottom, especially on his side of the ball, right? Yeah. I can't think of anybody on that side of the ball who lacks character, who lacks commitment to their craft. He's surrounded by a bunch of talented dudes who've done their job on the highest, highest of high levels, right? Yeah. The yeah. offensive line, they live accountability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Devontae Smith, you know, he lives accountability. A.J. Brown had a rough week with the social media stuff, but I feel like A.J. Brown is a pretty – No, you, you never questioned his effort. Yeah, I, I I don't question his effort or accountability. I mean, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have been on tears. Yeah. Um, um, DeAndre Swift, I don't question his accountability because no. he he does the most of what he's given. Yep. Um, so, Dallas Goddard, you know, he, he, he he's a grinder. So, yeah. I can't say – that he's talking about anybody on his side of the ball. So, in other words, um, you deduce all the players. What are you left with? You're left with the exa- exactly, side. exactly, yeah. I, exactly. I'm deducing all the players, and they have a lot of accountable guys on the defensive side. Fletcher Cox, BG, you no know doubt. what I mean. Hassan no Reddick, you know mm-hmm. Josh Sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, they have accountable players on that side of the ball. Kevin Byard, right? Yeah, yeah. So again, what looking at the way they built their team from a character perspective, who else could he be talking about? You know, which, and again, which is really remember. ironic, Tone. I mean, you think about it. Brian Johnson's his guy. You know, I know it's you could say Nick too, Nick, but but I mean, if he's talking, mentioned the coaching staff. Part of that coaching staff is is his boy, man. That's his guy, Brian. And remember, and tight. Nick just said, "Well, you know, if we didn't turn the ball over as much, you know, our offense." Yeah, that's be a little. That's a little. Thing so it's like, so it's like, hmm, yeah. And those meetings, and, and now and now we're entering the territory of um, assertion, and now we're. Um, hypothesizing, right? Mm-hmm. Could it be in those meetings when they talk about what's going on with this offense? Could it be that Jalen's like, listen, what we're doing is not good enough? Yeah. And then Nick and those guys are countering with, well, you know, this play here, you turned the ball over. If, if you didn't turn the ball over here and made the right read, you know, this wouldn't happen. You know, the offense right. would be better. Right. And my thing is like, hmm, okay, Jalen Hurts has 17 turnovers on the season, 17. Yes. Um, that's 17 bad plays out of how many hundreds of plays they run on offense. Turnovers happen. I'm not making excuses for them, and they're terrible. He, he, they should not be happening. But 
again, I really believe Jalen was talking about this coaching staff. I think there's a lack of accountability in what they've been doing, and they believe what they and they believe they believe they should be doing things the way they've always been doing. Right. Because they believe it works. Well, it, and it doesn't feel like things are going to change dramatically. At mm-hmm. least that's the sense that I got in listening to Nick yesterday. So, you know, and again, I don't know how much you can change this late in the year, but at least it, when you haven't been able to score 20 points the last three games, it, it, you know, in a league where you need to be able to score, you, you, you should they're change. They're too talented. They're too yeah, t- something to change. That's how I know. It can't just be the, uh, it can't just be player accountability like <clears throat> They're yeah. too talented on offense to only be putting up 16 points per game over the last three games. It doesn't make sense to me. Yep. You can put you can put up 24 points, 25 points by accident with this rod with this offense. So it's something like defenses already know what they're doing. They already know what they're doing. I think were you the one that brought up uh, Dan Orlovsky and, yes. and him saying, um, "Yes, they run they the run, same four plays. They yep. run the same four or five plays, just out of different um, alignments or whatever it may be." Yep. Like. If Dan Orlovsky knows that, and Christian McCaffrey did that on the Manning cast, team, it, it, everybody knows it. If, if, if yeah, right, exactly, right. You know, yeah. you know what these these opposing teams probably spent about maybe two days in the in the film room. Say, oh, oh, okay, yeah, they're still the same. All right, mm-hmm. all right, you guys, let's, let's let's get lunch. You know what I mean? Like, how can you say? How can you sit there, in front in front of thousands of people, and say, yeah, we're doing things exactly the same way we did them last year? In what world is that okay? Yeah. In what company, in what organization is it okay to say, yeah, I'm doing things exactly like I've always done them? Mm-hmm. They're not yielding results anymore, meaning what? Yeah. We have to change some things. It's common sense. Yeah. Yep. You would think common sense isn't always so common, though, uh, right? We know that uh, in this world that we live in. Um, all right. Let's come back and let's, uh, let's dive a little bit more into the offense. So we're going to look at a couple different things, the way it's trending. You're gonna, we're going to see, you, you know, I'm going to, give you some numbers and you may say at first, not bad, but if you look deeper into where it's going and what's been happening lately, it might paint a little bit more of a picture. So we'll dive into that. When we come back 1230, Al Morgandy's going to join us. We'll talk Eagles with Al, but we'll also talk flyers who, who have been certifiably hot and off to a great start. Joel Embiid drops another 50 piece last night. We didn't even get into that, which we are going to get into that pretty heavy. They beat the T wolves in a really good test of a game and they did it tone without Nicholas Batum, with uh, DeAnthony Melton missing essentially the second half, without Robert Covington, and you had Joel go nuts, you had mm-hmm. Maxi go nuts, and it was really impressive. And, and On the number one defensive <clears throat> team in the NBA. He cooks Rudy Gobert every time he faces him, destroys what's, him. Hey, listen, what's a cat to a lion? Yeah, that's exactly what me? that was. That's exactly what that was. So we'll dig into that as well. we got a lot to do, uh, so don't go anywhere. He's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Family owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a little kid. You have Alex and the crew in there putting out the most fresh, best variety of food that you could possibly have. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have the you name it, they'll make it, the specialized pizza, however you want it. Slices to go. If you're not into pizza, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings. They're also committed to the community. They have fundraisers where those proceeds go to the schools, to the Little Leagues, to any charities. They do an unbelievable job with that. You can follow them uh, on Facebook and Instagram at the Bravo Pizza of. They're located at 1305 uh, Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, PA. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call. 
610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, if you could, please hit the like button. 
Appreciate that, friends. Uh, all right, so let's hit a couple things here, Tone. Let's let's talk about the offense and mention that Nick Sirianni said it's it's basically the same as it was last year. Don't blame Brian Johnson. Blame me for any of the issues that are happening here. Um, he still feels like what they're doing is very successful, um, but you know there have been some things that have have gotten in the way, like turnovers and explosive plays. All right, so uh, if you look at their season averages. He's not necessarily wrong. Um, you know, they're they're averaging 25.6 points per game, which is seventh. They're rushing the ball at 128.3, which is eighth. They're passing the ball. This isn't great, but it's, you know, middle of the pack at, at, at 227.8. That's 16th. Okay. So the name of the game is scoring. And if you're scoring uh, at, at the, you know, the seventh highest mark in the league, I believe they were third last year. Still pretty decent. But here's the but. You, I'm only throw one more, a couple more, two more things in there to in, mm-hmm. the, in the favor. Red zone efficiency offensively, they're ninth. Uh, they're they're uh, scoring at sixty percent uh, clip. Third mm-hmm. down efficiency, they're forty eight point four, which is fourth. So all of those things are fine and dandy, but if you look at the way it's trending lately, and this coincides with them, not necessarily Seattle, but but playing better defenses. Okay, last three games, nineteen points. 13 points, 17 points, 19 against San Fran, 13 against the Cowboys, 17 against Seattle. So that's 16.3 points per game Mm -hmm. uh, of late. Clearly headed in the wrong direction. Jalen Hurts. Now, he is going to, barring an injury, he's going to pass for more yards than he had last year. He very well could throw for more touchdowns. He had 19 last year. He's already got, um, he he had 22 last year. He's already got 19. Um, his completion percentage isn't all that far off. It was 66.5 last year. It's 65.7 this year, but here, and, and he's good. He's, you know, going to rush for around the same amount. Keep in mind, he missed two games also last year, but mm-hmm. here's the problems tone when you start to look at this thing. So his passer rating has dipped from 101.5 to 89.9. That's a, you know, it's a decent drop. Mm-hmm. His interceptions are at 12, where he only had six last year. Add the fact that he's f- fumbled five times. So that's 17 total turnovers coming from the quarterback right there. Um, so then you ask yourself, you know, what's really going on here? How much of this is Jalen? How much of this is the offense? Uh, the other things that really, you know, leap out at you, um, the team last year, had 19 turnovers for in 17 games. They have 21 through 14. And 17 of them came from one person. Yes. 19, they were t- they're tied for 19th right now in explosive plays. Okay, that's 19th. They only have 101 this season. How much did they have last year? Uh, they were in the like the top 5 last year. So they oh. dipped a lot there. So there's way more turnovers, way more explosive plays. Jalen's interceptions are up. His fumbles are up. His passer rating is down. Um, but, you know, as a team, the numbers aren't that bad. So there's a lot. I, I threw a lot at you there. I get no, it. No, it's okay. Um, here's the thing. The name of the game of the NFL is limit explosive plays. That's what everyone's trying to do, right? Yep. Limit your explosive plays, and they want to be and they want to be as prepared for your explosive plays as they possibly can be. Yep. The Philadelphia Eagles – were in the top five last year in explosive plays. This year, they've dropped significantly. Here's why. 
because you haven't tweaked or evolved the way you achieve your explosive plays. When you give people a full season and, and some change, plus a playoff front, to see how you achieve your explosive plays, it's only natural that in the new season, they're going to prep for those um, explosive play attempts and uh, try to keep you from executing. Mm-hmm. And when you make it easy for them by doing the exact same thing, you're playing right into the defense's hands. Yep. So of course your explosive plays are going to go down in terms of in term in terms of success rate because they know what's coming. Mm-hmm. They know what you're doing. All right. On top of that, the quarterback has to play better. You know, um, there was a point in the season where even though Jalen Hurts was having some turnover issues, um, he was still completing 68% of his passes at the time. Um, that's dropped obviously since you know over the past four weeks. Um, I think he's at 65.9 or 66, whatever it is. But he was completing 68, almost 69% of his passes at one point, despite the turnover issues. So that told me, okay, he's just as accurate. He just has the turnover bug right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was throwing, he, he was on, he's on pace for more yards, everything, everything you said, right? But the turnovers, um, that's what makes his his stat sheet look ugly. But yeah. when you really look at the offense as a whole, they're the explosive plays aren't there because they know what's coming. The reason explosive plays happen is because you catch a team off guard. Yes. That that's the whole but that's the whole idea of an explosive play happen. It's called an explosion. You know what I mean? No one expects an explosion. No one wants an explosion to happen. Sometimes they do because you don't expect it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the reason your offense isn't having those explosive moments is because people already have the launch codes to your nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? People, yeah, yeah. people People got the codes already. People are people are um, disarming your you know disarming your explosives before they even get to that point. So Nick Sirianni, they they have to do a better job at creating offense with their talent, with their chess pieces. I don't think they're doing a good job of that. Also, again, Jalen Hurts has to play better. You got to you got to throw more touchdowns. You got to protect the football. You know what I mean? Quite frankly, I don't care how I don't care how he scores as long as he scores. Um, but as far as protecting the football, Jalen Hurts, you have to protect the football. It's just that simple. Yeah. And it hurts your team. You put your defense in compromising situations when you can't protect the football. Flat I wonder, out. I wonder a couple things. And before I say this, I'm not making any excuses whatsoever for Hurts. I'm just trying to point out the reasons we maybe see some things, maybe seeing some things that aren't as good. He's fallen into bad habits, and I don't know that he's trying to compensate for things by doing that, mm-hmm. throwing off his back foot. We also see that he's not as explosive taking off on plays, and, and I don't know if that's just he's being cautious or he's worried about getting hurt or he can't do it. If He simply can't make some of the cuts or the jukes that he's, you know, we, we're, we're so accustomed to this guy making. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that's not a part of this thing. Again, not an excuse. He's out there, and I don't want to hear he was sick. He was out there Monday night. That's it, period. That It ends there. And he would never make those kind of excuses, so I won't either. I'm just telling you that I think that may have some kind of impact on him, which impacts the offense in, in, a, in, a, in a big way. I, I mean, you, we can't emphasize this enough. When you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, and a line like that, and the ability, if you try to run, um, to not be doing better than this team's doing, I don't get it. Like, we're going to get into the Giants in a minute, Tone, but they're 26th in points, 29th against the run, and 19th against the pass. Like, this should be a, a game you're easily in the 30s. Like, without really breaking much of a sweat. I say you should be. That doesn't mean they're going to be. But but this is where we're at. Like, normally, this was they're last gonna year. Make it, they're going to make it a game. 
Yeah. Like they're going to make last year. And we're headed into this game. I tell you, this is a put your feet up, man, and, and, mm-hmm. and enjoy your Christmas dinner. But I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, how can you after the way the last few weeks have gone? That that Seattle team had lost four in a row, and all their defensive numbers were in the toilet too. Just they like were the on life, they were on life support, and somehow, some way, you bought them a lifeline because of how bad you played in the big moments. Yeah, this Philadelphia Eagles team is in trouble. No matter if people want to accept it or not, they're in trouble. Well, and the other here's the other the, eye, the eye test tells you that. It does. And the other part with Jalen is if, in fact, he has fallen off this year, which is if that's your premise, I'm not going to argue with you. But if that's what it is, do you have the people in place to get him back on track? Right. Because everyone has a rough season. Every no quarterback in this NFL has had a spot, has a has a blemish free career. Right. Right. Um, And let's be frank about it. Jalen Hurts has. Slowly but surely been rising, you know, and now he's taking a dip, but he yep. can get back. Yep. The question becomes, like you said, are there people in the building who are capable of helping him get back to that form? Right. Yep. Everyone, everyone requires coaching. And, you know, I'm not here to debate who's the most talented quarterback and who requires the least amount of coaching, whatever. Everyone requires some level of coaching and some level of accountability and some level of re- refinement to their game. Um, Jalen Hurts is not your prototypical quarterback, so he may have to work a little harder to keep certain fundamentals intact. Um, I say that to say, and if I'm being honest, who are, I don't think the people in that building can help him. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think Brian Johnson's the answer. I don't think. I don't think Nick Sirianni's the answer. Right. And look, can can things change? Can Nick Sirianni evolve as a coach? Can Brian Johnson take his, you know, his um his abilities to the next level? It's it's all it's all a possibility. But right now, based off what I've seen, based off what I'm able to um deduce from the way they've been playing and the way the game plans have been executed and so on and so forth, for the way these coaches are handling themselves off the field and the way the front offices has been handling themselves and the PR. I don't know if there's anyone in the building right now that can help Jalen Hurts out of this rough patch. Yeah, at I don't least know either. at least not this season. Yeah, I, right, right. Uh, and, and I don't know that um, you're right. At this point, it, it's kind of like the, the train's moving, and you just sort of got to do the best you can uh, mm-hmm. without really revamping things. But yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and it's just to me when I'm listening to him saying, "Hey, it's not the scheme; it's the same scheme we ran last year." And other like. I t- you could take that a hundred different ways. Like the our, our natural reaction, I think our, you and I had the same reaction at first. Is like, dude, then shake it up, shake it up. If that's the case, or you're saying what we're putting out there is fine, the players aren't executing it, and that's a bit of a finger point too. Exactly. So it's it's only it's only about so many answers, and it's like, like like when Nick says something like that, there's only about so many ways we can take it. So which is it? Yeah. You know, are you blaming the players? Are you, are you, you know, are you um, blaming coaches or, you know, are you, you know, are, are you saying like, we're just not executing? Like, what, like, there's only but so many off ramps to what you're saying. You're talking about somebody. Yeah. You're talking about something. Who you're talking about, Nick? Yeah. Who, who, who do you believe isn't holding themselves accountable, Nick? You know, there are conversations being had in that building. I'm telling you. Right. And I firmly believe. 
players are pointing at coaches and coaches are pointing at players. Yep. Yeah. And, and some of this is explained away by losing. When you lose, this is the kind of stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And I understand we're picking apart every word that he's saying, but this, this is, is what happens this when you're losing. This is what happens when you lose, especially when you lose against teams that you should win. Like I said, if you had lost, if it was, if it was the Niners and the Cowboys, okay. I don't love it, but it is what it is. But not bouncing back last week against that Seattle team makes this completely unacceptable. It just does. I, I, was, I, mean, pre- I was prepared to move on if they won that game. Same here. And just chalk it up to, okay, you know, th- look, the Niners had been gunning for you from the second that the season ended last year, and they're a good team, and the Cowboys won at revenge, and they lo- they win all the time at their place. Right. Right, because, Tough again, games. like if, like I said, I was prepared to move on if they won that game. Also, you throw in the Cowboys loss, I would have been like, okay, all right, I can roll with where we are. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it, do I still have concerns? Yes, but I'll roll with it. Yeah. But you lose and don't take advantage of a Cowboys blunder. It's just it's That's just uh, it's it it's it's unacceptable, man. You know, yeah. I, I, I I have a hard I have a hard time seeing the uh seeing the light on uh, with things as they're currently being ran. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And look, I, I did want to hit on this because there's been a lot of this kind of discussion um, doing sort of the comp thing to the way it it, it, it sort of derailed with Carson Wentz. So I, I, let me let me just touch on that for a minute. And I know there are parallels to be drawn because, you know, Wentz signed the big contract and, you know, things started to go off the rails a little bit. Uh, and there were some injury issues, although I think his were way worse. I don't think there's a comp there from this standpoint. I, I don't I think Jalen is a very coachable guy from what I've heard. Uh, I haven't heard anything where he does the hey, I got this or I'm uh, or you're just flat out not listening to certain coaches. Like I don't think that that's Jalen's mo. I really don't. Um, the 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 Wentz thing, and I've been told by people in the organization, there was a big time fracture in the locker room with him. He was a guy who some people loved, some didn't like. And there were people that thought he wasn't a good teammate and wasn't one who would take the coaching. So I think from that standpoint, um, there really isn't a comp. If you want to say that Jalen's play has fallen off a little bit, fine. It hasn't fallen off to the degree that Wentz did. Wentz went from being you know, a runner-up, MV- in my opinion, guy who would have been the MVP in 2017 had he not gotten hurt to a couple years later, just a horrendous football player, to the point where he was out of football till a few weeks ago when the Rams picked him up because they desperately needed bodies. Mm-hmm. That's not Jalen. So let, let's not leap to these massive con, you know, comparisons. I know it's easy to do the comp sometimes. I, that's yeah. just me. I don't, buy, I don't buy the comp with those two, personally. Yeah, yeah I don't think, think Jalen and Carson are the, same person by any, are the same person by any stretch of their imagination, but how they're handling, how the organization has been handling this Along with the uh, the coaching is, it's eerily similar. It's eerily similar. You have you they, they had that breakout campaign, and then obviously um, once dealt with injuries, that kind of threw off his situation. But as far as just the handling about the front office and whatnot, it's some of it. I can't help but to feel like it's a little. It's it's a bit eerily similar. They have this. They they had this meteoric rise, and then there's just this stumbling act from that point forward. And I'm afraid that this is, I'm a, I fear it. Do I think Jalen, do I think Jalen hurts? Do I think Jalen hurts can overcome it because of his mentality and 
um, his expectations as a player from himself and also from the people around him. I believe Jalen Hurts can potentially overcome it. But do I have do I have um, fragments of concern about how this organization is going to handle Jalen Hurts and protect him and develop him? I do. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. That's and, yeah, I, and, 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 that, and, and that's just me being transparent with the viewers. I think it's only human nature right now with having watched this team with the way things are going to have doubts about everything. You know, you have doubts about the defensive side of the ball, whether there's enough talent there. Were they being coached the right way? Obviously, the Eagles didn't think they were being coached the right way or they wouldn't have made that change. Then you go to the offensive side of the ball and you see a team that scored 16 points per game over the last three games headed mm-hmm. into – you're headed to the stretch. Like this is when you're supposed to be taking off and, and mm-hmm. flying high into the playoffs and you're going the other way. So I think everything deserves to be called into question. Like like the notion that we can't question Brian Johnson when we you've already shown us your hand that you made a mistake with Sean Desai is exactly. We absolutely, that's a great point. You know, if you think about it, we have every right to question everything right now. So I think obviously losing breeds all of this kind of stuff, but it's also what you said earlier. You know, even when they were ten and one, which is a no easy feat, our eyeballs were telling us, "Man, I, I, can they keep doing this? Like, how are they doing this? How is this still happening?" And then. Like we all thought, eventually it caught up to them. And now it's not just caught up to them. It, it, it's, you know, it's like a baseball bat, you know, and, yeah. and it, it's gotten to this point now. Yeah. And then again, great point by you about um, if you've already made it clear that you had questions about Sean Desai and you demoted him, or do you expect us to believe that those conversations were independent of Brian Johnson? Are we supposed to believe that when you guys were talking about, the struggles, Brian Johnson's name didn't come up. We're supposed to believe that, oh, this is all about Sean Desai. Right. No, I believe Sean Desai was the first domino to just fall. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Johnson is on the is on thin ice right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he's hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Because of um the ineptness of the offense. Right. And Nick Sirianni's doing the best he can to take the pressure off of Brian Johnson. Yeah, I mean, part of what he did yesterday, I'll give him props. He wore it. You know, he put it on. There's only so much he can do, though. Yep. There's only so much he can do. You want to know why? Because when you come out on a Monday and say, oh, Sean Desai is our guy, and then he gets demoted two two or three days later, how much much stock can I put into your word? Exactly. How much stock can I put into what you believe or what you you say is going to happen? How much stock can I put into it? So yeah. you can say, oh, yeah, this is my offense. This is my offense. See, when he say things like that, it's like, are you talking to us or are you talking to Howie? Right. Because when you go out there, when you jump out the window and try to take the heat off Brian Johnson, look, we can't fire him. But we know someone who can. So he's trying his best to protect him. But he's fighting a losing battle because he has no say-so in the matter. Yeah. has none. Right. And so I, again, I, great, great point by you about Sean Desai. Because again, if they're if they've already shown that they they are willing to move on from Sean Desai, those conversations are already happening about Brian Johnson. Yeah, and and Kevin asks an interesting question. He says, uh, "Rob, doesn't this reek of Doug's press conferences before the split?" Yeah, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, a little bit. I, I think that I think what remember you're remember the Mike Grove situation. Yeah, that was that. There's some similarities to be drawn there too. Um, I, I I think the the. The difference was with Doug at the end, he wanted more say on who his coaches would be. 
and the front office was not going to allow that. They, it was going to be their call. And he felt like, hey, I won a Super Bowl. What else can I do here? I don't I don't know that there's the split. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying I don't know for sure. But I don't know that there's a split between Nick and, say, Howie in the front office right now. Okay, I think that is – if there's a distinction there, I think there is a, there is a line there. But it, it's a bad look. I mean, they haven't – let's face it. On top of losing tone, they just haven't had a good week or so, period. I mean, I, you know, the whole – the way everything was handled with Cy and, mm-hmm. uh, and Patricia and the offense continuing to look inept, it just looks like you're having a tough time judging who the right people to put into place to, to run this. Like, let's face it. Brian Johnson and, and Nick, I'll just say this year because Nick was there last year, you know, they got into a Ferrari. They didn't get into some, some you know, piece of junk beater where you're just trying out, you're hoping it's going to get you to work that day. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it has been run into the ground to an extent. The defense on the other way, here's the good thing. The other side of the ball, I thought was a much more difficult task because of the bodies that you, that you lost either through free agency or the injuries that you had in the beginning of the season. Desai had a much tougher task than what appeared to be the, the, the job that Brian Johnson had. Yeah. Right. You have some people in the city saying, they 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 moved on from the wrong coordinator. You got some people saying that, and you can make an argument for it because Brian Johnson, you have everything at your disposal. Nick Sirianni, you got everything at your disposal. Sean Desai, not so much. He had right. a defensive line, and you know the rest. Old, the problem you know, is the rest after you get past the D line. The D line is right. legit, and and they should be getting more out of the D line. Yes, no doubt. Right. And they, look, everybody's accountable here. You know what I mean? This isn't Actually, just and, one and, and, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. Everyone is being held accountable for something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we had these conversations, we can only address oh, it's one topic at a time. Right. Right. You know, um, you know, we, we can we can say, you know, this person deserves this. This person deserves that. This person deserves this. And then you have to get and then eventually you have to dissect each individual person and totally. their accountability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about one person, that doesn't absolve the other. Like yeah. if we're talking about Nick Sirianni. We're not saying Jalen Hurts deserves no blame. We're not saying when we talk about Jalen Hurts, we're not saying Brian Johnson deserves no blame. When we're talking about the defensive personnel, we're not saying Sean Desai deserves no blame, mm-hmm. right? You know, when we talk about when we talk about you know coaching or player performance, we're not saying Harry Roseman doesn't deserve like Absolutely. all this. This thing is this this thing is a big ball of accountability, and everyone has to wear it in some shape, way, or form. Yeah, yeah, and, and look if. And I think sometimes people hear what they want to hear, but we, I, I just said a minute ago, we're going to bring everything into question now when it comes to Brian Johnson, because you made the wrong decision with Sean Desai, you being the front office, but it's interesting. People have their agendas and they hear what they want to hear. So when we come back, uh, Tone, we're going to dive into the giants here um, and, and look at what this has been, because you talk about a fall off. They were nine, seven and one, Really surprised a lot of people last season. In mm-hmm. fact, won a road playoff game before the Eagles put them put them out of their misery. But it's been a mess for them this season. Um, and we'll get into what they're, you know, what they're all about, and you know what this should be should be is the is the operative word because we we thought it should be something else last week too. So let's get into the Giants. We come back. Al Morgani at twelve thirty. We'll talk. I mean, you name it. We will talk Flyers. We'll talk Eagles. Maybe we'll throw in a little Embiid as well with Al. So don't go anywhere. He's Tone DeShields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a massive, 
massive challenge. But I'm here to tell you that Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, I can tell you from personal experience, are the people that you can trust with your hard-earned savings, okay? Uh, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, if you have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground, if you're just going through an insurance review and you're not happy with what you have, reach out to Jim and he will help you as he helped me. Um, and I've turned over my IRAs, my 401ks with Jim, and it was the best move that I could ever make. All right. So give him a call right now. 610. And here's the other thing about Jim. The other thing I love about him is he's always there to answer any questions that you may have. And, and look, there's, I don't know um, how you fancy yourself uh, as maybe a, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a financial expert. Okay. And whenever I ask Jim any questions or I reach out to him, gets back to you immediately, explains it in a way that, you, you know, you can comprehend without having a, uh, a degree in finance. All right. So give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could always email him as well. Uh, so give him a call, reach out to him for an email and talk to Jim. He will help you. Trust me when I tell you that Jim Murray, principal financial group, right back. Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving him up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Going to Shields, Rob Ellis. Hanging out with you. Sports Take, Jacob's Sports YouTube Network. Talk some Giants, Tone. Uh, as I mentioned, five and nine on the season. They're two and six on the road uh, this year. They lost last week, twenty-four to six, to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Eagles go into this game favored. Um, keep in mind they were favored last week, but they do go into the game. It's Sunday, uh, Monday, four thirty. So Christmas Day at four thirty as twelve-point favorites. So they are. Vegas is banking on them bouncing back in a big way. They're the biggest favorites uh, tied with Buffalo for the biggest favorites this week um, on the, uh, on the Where's entire Buffalo NFL play? part. The Chargers without Justin Herbert. Oh yeah. It's going to be a massacre. Yeah. That game is <laughs> uh, that's, that's one of the two Saturday games. So we have a Thursday night game tonight between the saints and the Rams. And then we have two games oh, on Saturday. At, yeah. It actually should be a good one. Um, the Bengals and the Steelers are the early game Saturday at four thirty, and then eight o'clock is the Bills and the Chargers. So they're your there. That's the we'll we'll get into we'll do all every game tomorrow, and we'll get into Thursday night's game a little bit later too. Um, so the Giants, believe it or not, Tone, they had won three straight before the Saints' loss, uh, which you know to their credit, and and I think this is a credit to Brian Dable. Um, you know they haven't completely laid down, even though it's been a mess of a season. Um, they, they were fighting hard. Now, keep in mind, they, they beat Washington, New England, and Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay was a decent win at the time. The, the other two, you know, no great shakes, whatever. Yeah. Um, I say, I say Green Bay dropped that more than they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so offensively, uh, they, they are scoring less than 14 points per game. 13.5, which is 31st in the NFL. They're rushing it at, at 111 yards per game, which is 15th. Now, keep in mind, they do have Saquon Barkley, and he is somebody to be you know, reckoned with for sure. Uh, passing their dead last, a buck 50.7 uh, passing yards per game. It isn't much better defensively. Um, they're giving up 24 points per game. That's 26th. They're giving up uh, 131.6 on the ground, which is 29th and passing 225.1, which is 19th. So that's what you're looking at. Um, Tommy DeVito is the quarterback. He's played seven games for them in total, some starts, some in relief. 1,000 passing yards, 1,032. In fact, eight touchdowns, three interceptions, completing 64%, and a 91 passer rating. It's been okay. Uh, he's had a couple moments here, here yeah, and there. But, but Yeah, it's all right. And Saquon has played 11 games, so he's missed three. Uh, almost 800 rushing yards, 4.1 yards per carry, three touchdowns on the ground. Darius Slayton has their most receiving yards, uh, 38 catches, 572. A couple of guys on defense. Um, Bobby Okurki is is a good linebacker, 122 tackles, nine tackles for losses and two picks. And Kayvon Thibodeau has really started to, to show why he was taken where he was taken. 
11 and a half sacks so far this season. Anyway, so that, that's a little thumbnail of this team. And they're, they're, they're far from good. They're far from special. And when if you're home in need of a win badly, this should be a game that the Eagles win co- really comfortably. Yeah, you know, we, we're, let's, let's not even overcomplicate this thing, right? The New York Giants are an awful football team. Yep. And the Philadelphia Eagles are a team that should be good, but they're playing awful. So for me, I look, uh, you always want to lean on the team with the higher ceiling in a game like this. And the Philadelphia Eagles should kill the Giants. Should, operative word, you guys, should. Will they? I don't know. As a matter of fact, I think they're going to find a way to make this game interesting. They're going to find a way to make our Christmas that much more nerve-wracking. They're going to find a way to sneak some coal in our stocking before we know it. And then they're going to and then they're going to pull out the last second and say, ah, I was just joking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're going to they're, they're going to make this game way more exciting than it has to be. I don't believe like that line. You said it was what, 12 and minus 12 and a half, 12, 12, minus yeah. 12. Listen, man, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, this, if the score of this game is 23, 17. That would shock me yeah. or, or, or 23, 20 Eagles, 24, 20 Eagles. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, where they are right now. It's hard for me to look at this team with any level of confidence against anybody. Mm-hmm. I agreed. Uh, yes, I, I completely agree. I mean, until proven otherwise, you have to lean the other way. You have to lean towards whomever they're playing is at least going to keep it close, even though this team is uh, – technically, they still, I think, have not been eliminated. Um, but they're also all kinds of banged up along their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, they have – you know, it, they, again, this is really a team – they also traded Leonard. I was Leonard Williams, doesn't he? To the uh, Seahawks. Seahawks, who played actually very well for them uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it, they're a frustrating team uh, in a lot of ways. They're a team that, you know, uh, this. But the this Giants team is underachieved. They had playoff aspirations. They had a lot of injuries um, going throughout the course of the season. They have. Um, you know, underachieved in a big way. Brian Dable's safe. Uh, there's rumors that he and uh, Wink Martindale, who's the defensive coordinator, have not been seeing eye to eye, although everybody's denying it. The, the Eagles have also dominated this matchup tone. The Giants are 3-16 and 16 in their last 19 matchups with the Eagles. So just keep that in mind. Um, it's, it's Look, all the signs point towards an Eagles win, but what does that mean ultimately until we see it? doesn't mean anything yeah and the Giants when you think about the moves they made as an organization you question everything about them from top to bottom yeah you question the you question the way they handled Daniel Jones in the offseason the way they handled uh, Saquon Barkley like in what world am I paying Daniel Jones the money they paid him now obviously they can get out of it I think after after next season Something like that. So, yes. Yeah. After after twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I guess they. I guess they have flexibility to an extent, but there's no way I was giving him that money. He he hasn't earned it in any way. And what was he going to do? Hold out? He still was in. He still is in the contract to play this season. So I, I think right. So, um, what was he going to do? Hold out? Yeah, Daniel Jones. Go ahead. Hold out. Go ahead. All right. Or even or even I'll take it a step further. I, I'm not sure. If he if the last year was the contract year and they had to figure out what they was going to do with him or not because I know because you know what they didn't pick up the option you're right 
So they didn't, they didn't pick up the option. So they had to either pay him this or this past all season or let, him, or, or let him walk. Correct. And you know what I would have did? I would said, okay, I want you to go out there and test your market and then come back to us. Mm. That's what I would have did. They operated from a place of fear instead of sticking to their guns and playing chicken with this man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they 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 allowed themselves to get work. Whoever Dame Jones' agent is, man, he deserves a gold jacket. He <laughs> hustled the hell out of Joe Shane and those guys. Yeah. There's no way you think there's no way you think Dame Jones is getting that money that you gave him on open market. No way. Yeah. But you allowed yourself to get coerced into this contract. You got nervous. You got skittish. Mm-hmm. You thought Brian Dayball could save this man. Brian Dayball can't save can't, can't save a garbage can. You know what I mean? It's a garbage can for a reason. You can't, no matter how much you paint it, you know, put a smiley face on and decorate it for the holidays, it's still a garbage can. Right. And that's what Daniel Jones was and has been for his entire career. Yep, you know what I, I mean? Yeah, and I say I, that with and I say that with love. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you when you look at what what he is, what the ceiling is. Like you ask yourself, all right, do you really feel like ultimately you can win a Super Bowl with this guy? And I don't know how the answer is anything other than no. Um, you know, but that's fine. I mean, I think what happened was they got caught up in the moment of what went down last year. Yeah, the other thing that's going to be, uh, in my opinion, what do you do with Saquon? You know, they did that little token, sort of bumped him up a little bit to get him out of the – you know, to get him out of the, the basically what everybody else is making there when you tag him, they bumped him slightly and that's it. You know, it's like, okay, but, but are you going to bring him back? I mean, he's most of your offense. The problem is because he's being counted on so much and he has so many touches, he gets hurt a lot. He is still a running back and you desperately need playmakers. And on top of that, like to me, if I'm them, I am 100% drafting a quarterback. 100%. Without question. Yeah. Like it, it's 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 no debate. I'll rather take my chances on a rookie than Daniel Jones for another season. You know what I mean? Right. right. At least I got a guy on a rookie contract that's not gonna kill me, you know, and I yeah. can at least find out what he is. They made some they made a series of miscalculations. You trade for Darren Waller, a guy who has never shown an ability to be up stand football field. Never, never healthy. Nope. Never. And lo and behold, as a matter of fact, how many games has he given them? Let's look at the stat sheet real quick. How many games has Darren Waller given? He's given them nine games this year. Yeah, which is par for the course, really, for the last few years for him. Par for the course. One touchdown. One touchdown. Yeah. 424 receiving yards on 40 catches. One touchdown. Come on, man. Like, and then I and I honestly don't believe that they're maximizing. I, th- I think Jalen Hyatt is better than what. I'm um, big fan. I like Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, no, big I, fan. I, I think he's better than what this organization has been able to do with him. You know, he's yeah. averaging he's averaging 18 yards uh, a catch. Yeah. I mean, therein lies the issues with, with the bad quarterback play. You know, it's affecting guys like that, um, for sure, not being able to put up any numbers. All right, so let, let's look at this. We, we've done a deep dive into the offense early. Let's look at the Eagles' defense. Um, so they're 26th in points per game at 24.4. Seventh against the rush, but it hasn't, you know, of late – Teams have been running much better on them. They're 28th against the pass. And they are dead last in third down efficiency. And they're 28th in red zone. So even with a limited, and I'm probably being kind here, 
limited Giants offense, with the way the Eagles defense is playing right now and some of the injuries, you know, that, that you you add into the mix, you know, you do wonder. You wonder if this isn't going to be a game where the Giants are at least able to score a little bit and keep it close. The, that's the thing, right? This Eagles defense has been so bad. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They if, Again, it doesn't matter how bad of a team is that you're playing against. If you can't get off the field on third down, if you can't, um, sustained drives on offense. You can't be anybody. Anybody. Like, there are so many moments in that Seahawks game where you say to yourself, all right, this is the opportunity to get the field. Third and 10, just get a stop. Oh, penalty or uh, miscue, miss whatever you, however you want to describe it. Yeah. If the Eagles defense can't get off the field on third down, it's going to be a long day. It doesn't matter if it's Tommy DeVito. It doesn't matter if it's... uh. Drew Locke, doesn't matter if it's Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. If you can't get off the field on third down, any defense is food. Yeah. No, correct. And that's the problem. Uh, and, you know, there, there's two things that need to start happening more consistently. Well, there's a lot of things. <laughs> I'll, I'll point out two, okay? You got to get to the quarterback better than you're getting to the quarterback with the talent that you have on the defensive, on the defensive line. And you got to get off the field on third down. If you can do those two things, it's going to really dramatically impact this thing. And they're looking at a totally different defense. Now, am I mm-hmm. confident that I think they can be better at getting to the quarterback, but I don't know that you're going to get better on third down. And I don't know that you're going to get better on red zone. I mean, the thing is that you get in the red zone, it's almost an automatic touchdown. And if it's third down, even the third and tens, like um, Drew Locke was like four for four on third and 10 and longer on, on Monday night. Like that's a killer. You want those third and longs. Like, that's what you dream of if you're a defensive coordinator. But the problem is they can't get off the field after it happens. That's the issue. Like, sometimes you are doing a good job on first and second down. And mm-hmm. then it all goes for naught when you are when you give up a, a you know a third and 12 and they get 14. These are the watching, that are killing I, this team. I was watching that game, right? And every time I saw a third and nine, third and 10, whatever, I would just sit back and just say, yeah, well – Good job on first and second down. Too bad third down exists. And lo and behold, lo and behold, they'll prove me right. They couldn't get it. Can't get the field on third down. Right? They'll do their job on first and second down. All of a sudden, oh, you guys, third down, time to stop playing football. I don't I, I, I don't understand the, the cognitive dissonance and the results from first and second down to third down. It's like you're doing so well. You're doing so well. And all of a sudden, nope, sorry, you guys. We, we turn back into pumpkins. So I, I need somebody to explain. I, I need someone who's played the game to understand, like, what's the difference in mindset from second down to third down? What's the difference in approach? What's the difference in physicality from first, second, and third down? I, I would love to hear uh, a player break that down because there's a clear disconnect between the Philadelphia Eagles on first and second down versus third down. Clear. Yeah, I, I I hear you. And I just, you know, in layman's terms, my guess is what's going on here on third down is twofold. One, they're not getting enough pressure. Okay? Because think about it. Unless you're throwing like a slant or something like that. But usually if it's the third and long, it's going to take a little bit longer to develop, which means you need a little bit more time in the pocket. So you got to get after the quarterback. But I also just think there's so many issues with coverage. Um, you know, Slay's still not going to be back for this game, right? At least we don't think he is. I haven't heard anything different. 
I, I would doubt he'd be back that quickly after just having the surgery last week. But we it's well documented. Bradbury's become one of the worst coverage guys in the league. But it's not just him. You know, he's not the only one. You have although the young guys I thought did a nice job for the most part against Seattle. They did, but there's still all kinds of communication issues. Like on that on the on the touchdown pass um to Smith the Jigba, like there were all kinds of communication issues. Like they were basically in like zero coverage with Sidney Brown in the box, but he didn't blitz. So there was some kind of breakdown there. You know, Matt Patricia is going to talk at 1230. We'll, we'll pass along anything that we hear from him that's of interest. Um, but like they're break, they're having breakdowns too, Tone. Like in addition to just not executing on the field, there's bad calls that are happening. It's like anything else. It's, you know, when it rains, it pours. And it's pouring right now on that side, on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, this, this NFC East matchup, again, this is – I'm looking at the remaining schedule. You got Giants, Cardinals, Giants. You should win all three of those games. And give, and give yourself a fair shot as – give, you give yourself a fair shot at the division crown. Please, like – I. They can't, they can't just fall like you 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 gotta do they gotta do something man if they can't beat the Giants at this point if they can't beat the Cardinals we Eagles fans I mean I don't know how we can sit here and, and have any more debates about where this team is you know like yeah. you you blew an opportunity to beat the Seahawks when the Cowboys lost you, had, you that, that would have gave you a clear cut lead in the division and then you would have been able to coast now. But you're hoping for another Giants loss, I think. I mean, I mean, you're hoping for another, um, another Cowboys loss. And I think, and I, and I think the Dolphins do beat the Cowboys. But is it guaranteed? No, no, no. But uh, I agree with you. Like to to sit there and count on other teams, like to have to count on other teams, it's a bad way to have to go when you can't control your own destiny. Let me let me give you an interesting stat from James Palmer, who we've had on the show several times. NFL Network does a really good mm-hmm. job per, NF, per NFL research. Of the 337 teams that have started 10 and four or better through 14 games in the Super Bowl era, okay, you're going back to the late 60s now. 337 teams that have started 10 and four or better through 14 games in the Super Bowl era. The Eagles plus 18 scoring margin is tied for 334th. So their plus 18 scoring margin for a team that started 10 and four is almost impossible to do. It's basically tied for the third worst in the history since they've been doing this. What does that tell you, Rob? It tells you some, a lot of it was smoke and mirrors early. Smoke and mirrors early. Yeah. That's what it tells you. All it took was an ass whooping to expose who they were. Yeah. That's all it took. Just one. Just and one I, good one. You know what I think too, Tone? I think that loss really shook them foundationally. Like here. I'm not even talking about anything else. I think it was kind of like, damn. Like we took it to these guys last year in the in the NFC championship game. It's a different year this year. Because it exposed what they already knew. That's the thing. It exposed what they already knew. You know? Um, you can have dysfunction going on in your household or whatever, but as long as only but as long as you're the only one that knows about it. You can live with it to an extent. Yep. But the moment that veil gets pulled back and people start to see what's going on inside the glass house, 
it's embarrassing. It's hard to it's hard to deal with. You're running out of answers. You know, you start to crumble. You're 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 frantic and you're um grasping at straws. This is this is what's happened to the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Everything that they've been experiencing, everything that we've been discussing, they've they've known it, they've known it to be problems, they've known it. But they've been winning these games. You know, it's been putting the band-aid on things, and they've just been um, you know, hey, thank God we're winning though. But they yeah. all the things, all, all, the, all the things that we saw, they knew. They knew there were issues. Mm-hmm. And it took an ass whooping for them to be shaken to their core. Yep. And say, okay, we can't come back from this somehow. We gotta find a way to change this or whatever it is. It just exposed to us what they already knew. And the fact of the matter is we knew it too, but we yeah. weren't not denied because they were winning. Well, and also the follow-up to that tone is this is where we're, you really find out about team's character, you know, mm-hmm. when, when the chips are down. It's like anybody. It's like anybody. You find out more about people. It's easy to be happy-go-lucky, you know, team and guy, when gal, when things are going well for you. But when things aren't, you got to do a couple things. You got to find solutions, number one, instead of just wallowing in it. You got to find solutions. And you got to show some backbone and and correct some of the things you keep saying every week you have to fix. Like, how many times can we listen to, hey, we got to stop turning the ball over. Hey, we got to make some explosive plays. Hey, we got to get off the field on third down. Yeah, we all know. We all see it. When does it start happening? Because it hasn't happened in three weeks. So if it doesn't start against the Giants twice and the Cardinals, what is that going to, how's that going to bode for the playoffs? You're going to get your ass kicked, and it might be in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, the yeah. notion that you you might get like a you know I don't know uh, uh, depends on where your seating is, but whatever. If you got like the Rams or somebody, I'll be honest. If they get if they get the Rams, I think careful. I think they lose. I think they could lose that game. Yeah, I be think careful. they could lose that game with you know if Cup's healthy and you have Puka Nakua, who you know we'll, we can see them tonight. Those guys, whatever. There's there's some serious weapons there at the Rams' disposal and Stafford's disposal. Anyway, I, I'm just telling you. We're, we're looking at it like, hey, they'll win one, and then who knows? Mm, you know, not if they're playing this way, they won't. Yeah, and again, you know, losing to the Cowboys and the Niners, okay, it happens. But it's how you lost. It's the way it went down. And then you couple that with the way you lost to the Seahawks and just losing in general to that team. When you, when you, when you put all that into, into perspective, you, you got to say, you say to yourself, damn, well, what's, 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 uh, What's going on here, right? right. They look they, they, they look like a team that has no control. Yes. No control of what's happening to them. No control and or no answers. No, 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 no answers. Uh, yeah. yeah. No ability yeah. to fix what, what ails them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, losses happen, right? You know, I never thought I'd be this angry at a 10 and 14. Agreed. But it's because of the way it looks, the product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, it, it you know how it is. Like if they had started the season off uh uh, one in four, I, I don't know, whatever, one in three, and they'd only lost one over the last, however, be different. But you just, you, you, you have, you, you're supposed to be playing your best ball going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. And right now they're playing their worst ball by far of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you're going to probably laugh at this, but it doesn't it seem like we're going through Groundhog Day each and every day. It does feel like that. Like we're just finding more creative ways to say how bad this team is right now. Yeah. No, I think it's fair. I think it's fair that that's kind of where we're at at this point. Um, I, I know this. Um, believe me, nobody's just sitting around 
unhappy or, or happy or satisfied in the Novacare complex. I can promise you that much. There's there's a lot of angry people right now. Now, being angry is fine and dandy. How do you fix the issues is the big question. And do you have the people to fix the issues? Coaching, players, et cetera. I wonder about that, you know, more than anything else. Like, I feel like I, I, th- there's two areas I think they can absolutely improve. Pass rush, and I think the offense generally can just be better. Is that enough? I don't know that that's enough. I wouldn't be surprised if it's quiet around the building. Dead quiet. Yeah. I wouldn't no, be not accustomed to this. It's been a while since we've seen this. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't hear any music playing. You know, it's just everyone's just punching it in. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they are practicing, like we said earlier. Um, generally, this is a walkthrough day when you have a Monday night game, but they are, you know, having a legitimate practice. Hmm. So at least for for the second straight straight week, that's somewhat of a, I think, a message um, in some ways. Well, they gotta well they gotta get that Matt Patricia stuff installed, right? Right. So they're going to need more. They're going to they're going to need more grass time, and. uh you know, Barbara, you bring up you bring up a very good point. And, you know, I said I said this yesterday to Rob. You know, even if they beat the Giants twice and they beat the Cardinals, the best they can hope for, the best as fans we can feel comfortable about coming out of those games, is the fact that okay, you were able to establish some level of offensive consistency, some kind confidence. of offensive flow, yeah. or maybe confidence in the play calling, right? But did that change how I feel about you in, in comparison to your peers at the highest level? Um, uh, Lions, Cowboys, Niners. Did that like did, did that alter how I feel about you going against those teams? No, right. because you got smoked against them. You got boat racing against those teams. So again, the best we can hope for over this next three game stretch is can they can they remedy the lack of offensive rhythm? Agreed. Can they can they do that? That's the best we can hope for. Yeah. And if they can and if they can do that, okay, all right. At least we can go into the playoffs with some kind of offensive momentum. Mm-hmm. That you can build off of, but as far as confidence against the best teams, that's gone. They got to prove it to me now. I absolutely. All right, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Al Morgan is going to join us. We'll talk birds with Al. We'll talk flyers. So we're off to an unbelievable start this season. Got a lot of ground to cover with Al, and we'll do it when we return. Tone Rob Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. Uh, as I've been telling you guys now for weeks, they have been. They have been assisting me with uh, water damage in the house. Um, had a flood from the upstairs bathroom into the downstairs bathroom. Uh, they fixed the problem. They diagnosed it. They cleaned it up. Uh, they are just amazing. Proaction restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So if you have water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, your home, uh, a building you may own, they are the people to turn to. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. And they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamite & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis, Tone to Shields, hanging out with you on this Thursday, December 21st. And look who the cat dragged in. Look who it is. It's our guy. It's Al Morgani, the man, the myth, the legend. Look at him. Look at him, Al. What's up? How are you? What's happening, guys? Al, good to see you, my friend. Uh, and you can follow Al on X slash Twitter at Nufsed, N-U-F-C-E-D. Al, first off, tell everybody, I know you, you do an unbelievable job on the pre- and post-game shows on NBC Sports Philadelphia for the Flyers. Where can they, what's the name of the podcast that you're doing as well that they can take a listen to? South Philly Sauce. Uh, if you're a hockey person, you'll know what that is. Okay. South Philly Sauce, I do it with Ashton Sullivan. She does all the work, and I just kind of answer questions. She's uh, <laughs> one of the more amazing people I've ever worked with. The amount of work she does during the show is incredible to me. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's definitely a must listen. So uh, we appreciate it. Al, I want to get to the Flyers in a minute because it's been an amazing start to this season, 18-10-3. But I know you're up on everything. What do you think about what's happening with the Eagles right now? And just in more general terms. It's, um, it's entertaining from the outside. <laughs> um, it, I, I, didn't, I didn't think with Hurts there that there'd any be like um, – chaotic i mean that might be a strong word but 
it doesn't seem like everybody's pulling on the same rope in terms of uh, comments afterwards. And, you know, I mean, I know you have receivers, but man, there's a lot of stuff coming out of there that I don't particularly like. It won't matter if you win because it covers it all up. But I didn't think that I would see uh, that locker room particularly have what I consider kind of, I consider them cheap shots just in terms of, of what's said about what happened during the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, you know, uh, go ahead, I'm, I'm sorry, right? right. No, okay, so um, it's, it's, it's funny, like when you hear Jalen after the game talking about a lack of commitment, um, I'm curious to know who do you think he's referring to? Because when I look at the roster, the personnel, at least on offense, right, his side of the ball, I see a lot of vested veterans, um, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. I see guys on the offensive line who hold themselves accountable. I see I see some young veterans in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith who tend to hold themselves accountable. Um, I, I'm having a hard time pinpointing who who he could potentially be talking about from a personnel standpoint. Um, who do you think he was indirectly um, trying to address in the lack of commitment department? Well, when I look at that, to me, if you're a quarterback, it's got to be your people that you're throwing the ball to aren't in the right place. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that that that's what I would think. I, I don't think it's a coordinator. I mean, you know, we, we all knew Brown. I mean, he's a wide receiver, right? Eh? I mean, personally, you know, if your live nativity scene is missing a jackass, he's down there at the Novacare right now. I mean, this is this is what this is what I see. I mean, you you know, you're you're a wide receiver doesn't mean you demand the ball all the time. I didn't think early in the year it was going to be a problem, but it does seem to me like they're kind of force feeding him at times uh, when there's wide. And I understand he's a big play guy and all, but I, I, I didn't think I would hear some of the stuff going on. Some of the excuses going on. It's like, I, I, I thought it was strange that some of it, I got to admit, I, I think he's a terrific quarterback and a leader, but when you don't win, and you have that pouting face, it doesn't come across good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, and I, I think that's just the way he is. But in this city, they read body language way more than they read newspapers. So mm-hmm. if they're, and they're reading it, and they're seeing a guy kick a 70,000 yard field goal, and the quarterback is stone faced, <laughs> it's like, and, and you look on the sidelines, and he's not talking to people and when you're winning it's like he's super committed and he's uh or all in but when you're not it's like whoa why isn't he talking to people why isn't he pumping them up why isn't he doing this it just looks like that but i, I to me it's like it looks like it's i mean when i hear a quarterback talk about it's like okay it's got to be commit you're not going to get the ball you have to run a route this way whatever that that's all i can think of i mean it certainly isn't a running back and it can't be the coordinator i wouldn't think <laughs> and uh it, it it's a soundbite and he says a lot more stuff, but the soundbite I don't think played well in a locker room that I thought was a lot tighter than, than it, it now appears to be. The coach doesn't have uh, answers for it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm disappointed in that because I really thought this was a team that was really close, really close. So I, I got to think that that's where that's coming from. Al, you've been around this a lot in various sports. Uh, how do you view the decide Patricia thing? Do you view it as, hey, look, if it isn't working and we've lost faith in this guy, why why continue down this path? Flip it. Or do you say, this is a pretty desperate move right now um, to do something like this? How do you view it? I think it was desperate. I think it had to be. I mean, why wait if, if you think it's not working? I mean, he's done it to himself, right, in terms of calling plays. And why, you know, why wait to not hurt somebody's feelings or something? And I did, it was kind of done 
bizarre the way it came out. I don't know. He said, you want to give people a, a competitive advantage. I mean, I don't know what competitive advantage. I mean, pencil man isn't going to, you know, everybody knows what he's going to call. Right. So it doesn't much really that matter uh, what, what's going to happen there. So I, I just, I, I looked at it like, I was kind of happy they did it. It's like, you know, they recognize it. It was another case to me. And I don't think they did it. Was it Brandon Graham that said it, it, the noise was getting so loud you had to do it? Yes. I, I certainly hope that wasn't the case because that would be asinine um, if, if that was the case. I mean, if you're listening to, frankly, people like me and, and, and putting any gravity on it and you're a football coach, that's stupid. But but uh, but I think they I, I think they addressed. I think he kind of confused it because the people the fans in Philly, the football fans, they know what they're talking about. So they're probably talking about the same thing the coach is talking about after a game when they're going over it so i'm happy they did it look why why wait if, if you think that has to be done in the season and you did it when the season isn't lost you're going to the playoffs and so i mm-hmm. give him credit for that and it was like okay this had to be done we're going to do it as um as smoothly as we possibly can and we'll go from there but i i don't i don't see if you've made look if they if they're at that point where they made that decision everybody in the building knew something was wrong even if they didn't make it so you might as well have that clean, that clean slate on it. Yeah, um, I, I I agree, Al. You know, ultimately, I felt like something needed to happen, a change needed to happen, right? But have you ever seen a situation where a guy was he lost his power, he lost his his lost his duties, and they still kept him in the building? I mean, I think that was the most bizarre part about it for me. I mean, we've seen coordinators get fired all year. Um, Ken Dorsey in Buffalo, Matt Canada in Pittsburgh, they got those guys out of the building. Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, they d- essentially demote Sean Desai, take away all his power, and give it to Matt Patricia. Yet Desai is still in the building. I've never seen anything like anything like that before. What about you? Yeah, I've seen it with with hockey coaches. All of a sudden, an assistant. I mean, hockey's different. They make changes every fifteen minutes. So I mean, they're, they're it's uh, it, it's a lot less uh, likely that it's going to cause a, a a fraction. I, I don't I I don't think that. I don't. I don't think I've seen this in 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 this case. That's such a high profile, but I don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing for a guy, for a guy to still be there and be part of it, as long as it doesn't cause uh, friction among the coaching staff. And I don't know the people. Um, if if in my opinion, if you you're part, if you're one of the people that knows you might be not ready for something, I don't see why you would have to be kicked out the building if you're more than willing to. Hey, look, they kicked the general manager out and put him in the giving out socks and he came back. But mm-hmm. he they did throw him out, but he stayed for a bit. So, I mean, th- th- I don't think that necessarily is so. I think I think if you're willing to take a step back and look at things from a different viewpoint and you're young enough and, uh, you know, I think I think it can work. I don't like I don't know the egos involved in this thing, but I don't think that there's a that that particular coach could necessarily have an ego where he'd walk out the building. So uh, I have no, I have no problem with it. As long as everybody's on board and they're not going to get, they're not going to be disruptive about it. It doesn't seem that like that's going to be the case. Do you still feel like there's time for them to get this together, to get on a run and make a deep run and potentially win a Super Bowl again? I mean, they have three games left against teams that aren't great Al, but, but do they they look like a team that's still capable of that in your estimation? Well, I, I, they do look like a, a dying mall right now. 
Mm. <laughs> dying mall. Yeah, you know the malls start like okay, one one building's gone, then the next, then the next year you're looking. Yeah, you're like walking around. It's like it's like oh, there's like the the big wrought iron thing is yeah, on that one. Really, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's, it's got that look about it. But they've got the the franchise stores in place. When you've got a quarterback like that mm. and offensive weapons like that, I think ultimately this comes down to how how good that quarterback really is to be able to bounce back because that's why you paid all that money, whatever team you're on, not just the Eagles. That's why you're there to stabilize everything and to stabilize more than just during the game to stabilize everything on what's going on. They have enough veterans. So I don't think it's all all is lost. I mean, it depends on what you think of the quarterback. If you think he's a a real leader and I think it's going to be tested right here. I, I don't, I didn't never thought it would come to this, this season. But it's right there in front of you to literally, literally rally the troops, which is why I I don't want to make too much of it. But his demeanor, I think, just has to change a little bit, at least for the for the fans well-being that Mm -hmm. that they can get this thing rallied because he just he just doesn't. It's not a good look when that's going on, especially when you've got, you know, egos on your wide receivers. You can't have that going on. So. I don't think it's all is lost. You got plenty of runway to get going again. That's the good thing with the you know. one thing you know is you'll know whether it is a dead mall if, if it's if you can't get past the Giants in Arizona, <laughs> you'll know that's it's done. Or if there's enough runway to get them lift off to go into the playoffs. And when you've got that quarterback, those receivers, you, you know you're gonna get scored on. That's just what's gonna happen. So this may take a real tough conversation between the quarterback and the coach and the offensive coordinator and how they're going to go about this now, because it's, it's pretty embarrassing when you've got guys from other teams watching television and you know what a reminder of it, it was reminding me of when, when I'm here and McCaffrey, McCaffrey, we know what the Eagles are going to do. It's like watching the game with my wife and she's telling me the same thing he's telling me, which leads me to believe that they got to change some things. <laughs> yeah, for people yeah. don't know the reference Al was making, Tony. So he was watching on the Manning cast. Right, yeah. right. He, he called – it's going to be a quarterback draw here, a quarterback keep, and it, that's exactly what it was, and it went nowhere for the Eagles. He, he saw it with the alignment. Anyway, but, but go ahead, Tony. Exactly. Yeah, so like, you know, I'm, so glad you, I'm so glad you said that, Al, because, you know, you think about what Nick Sirianni has been saying, especially in his most recent press conference, that didn't really go over so well in the city. Um, he says, you know, this is this offensive we're, and we're doing things the exact same way we've done them last year and the year before that. And then you couple that with people essentially knowing what you're going to do before you even do it. I'm curious to know what's your opinion on Nick Sirianni, how he's handled, um, you know, this losing streak. And um, what's your, been your opinion on the Philadelphia Eagles offense and if it's evolved or not over the past couple of years? Well, it certainly hasn't evolved this year. And, and what, what's disappointing is there's so many options with their receivers and, and their tight end, who, frankly, I don't think got used enough. I mean, instead of those, what I call them, bubble screens, whatever they run there, like you got a tight end there, you know, you can, you can run something else. Uh, that that's, I don't think it's been, I don't think it's been um, creative enough uh, on, on what they do, especially with a game breaking running back that they have to be able to, I, I think, I actually think that they're harmed a little bit by their tush push and not that that's not effective. It really is. But I think they're in too much of a comfort zone in early downs because they know that they, they've got an extra down compared to the rest of the league mm. on how they run their offense. And, and I think that 
is kind of a comfort zone that's hurt them in their earlier in their earlier selections of plays going out when I would like to stuff to be more creative. But I think they're in this this thought process now where, OK, if we, we if we have third and two, it's a first down. We already know it. <laughs> so we really we're real. It's really first and eight. And I think it affects the creativity in some of those early plays on what they do. So I, I've not been thrilled. And Sirianni, I mean, whether he's your cup of tea or not, if I were an opposing player, I'd want to beat the coach as much as I want to beat the team. That's, that's because of the that's antics. Think, because of the, that's the antics. I, on the that's side. what I think of Sirianni. But if I was on his team, I might love it. And that's all that really matters. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Now, let me, let me jump over to the Flyers. Uh, 18, 10, and three start. I'll, you follow this team as and have for the last 30, 40 years as closely as anybody as I that I know. Okay. Did you see this coming in any way, shape, or form, this good start? Well, both Scott Hartnell and I were before the season said this is not going to be as uh, disastrous as a lot of people are predicting here because we saw the veterans coming back. And, you know, Scott played for Tortorella. I've I've known covered him forever. Mm-hmm. And He's just too good a coach uh, for that to have been happened. Uh, he's just too good a coach, whether you like him or not, whether, you know, benching people, whatever. It, it, it wasn't going to be that. But I did not see the goaltending being this good. Uh, I think Hart is back. We're back on the ice this morning. I don't think he's playing tonight. Um, but Ayrson's been a real fine. 7-0-1 and one last eight games yeah. now. The real difference is you used to go into overtime and you knew you were going to lose, if not in the overtime, uh, in, the, uh, in the shootout. And now they're terrific in that. Um, So, I mean, that's when you pick, you know, the NHL is an odd league. Let's face it. Theoretically, you need to win only one game to finish over 500. So, so, you know, you've got when you've got those extra points that you're picking up two instead of one, those are enormous. So I think that I've not been surprised. I am not surprised at all that they're very they play really, really hard. Here's the problem if there's going to be one. Like I, I've got a, a, a four-wheel drive truck. They're they're driving four-wheel drive all the time. I don't know mm. how long the engine can take that right. because uh, it's a long grinding season, and they're blocking shots, which is sounds like ter- uh, you know, every kid wants to block a shot, but it wears you down, mm. um, and it wears you down to to be full effort. And people will say, "Oh, you get paid all this money." No, it, it's a long season. And it's asking an awful lot for to go at that high revving RPMs night after night after night like they're doing. It's a, it, if they can pull it off, terrific. And they've got some young legs that can do it. And everything in hockey, no matter what system you use, no matter what players you have, goaltending changes everything. I mean, you, you give me two good goaltenders and I look like a genius GM. My centerman can win the Selkie as the best defensive player in the league my defenseman can win the Norris as best defenseman and I don't really know how good they are because my goaltenders stop and everything right so that's the if that keeps up they certainly have a chance to make the playoffs and more and and, and I think they'll it, they'll make that push if, if it comes to it because the crowds are starting to get bigger there's some talk about the team it's it you know for this to have any talk about this team right now with the Eagles kind of going south and you know what that does to the city it's yeah. like you know nuclear waste is is over center city so it's horrible horrible stuff goes on and and the Sixers playing the way they are you know with Embiid and Matsy's one of the most popular players in the in the city to get 
noticed right now is a re- is a really difficult thing to do. And the Flyers have done it. And I don't think they'll let that go if they have the, a, pl- a shot at a playoff spot. You know, Al, you know, Tortorella, he, he's known as a, a demanding coach and a grinder. And he um he puts his guys through, a, you know, a physical gauntlet prepping for the season and in season. And you even mentioned how you don't know how, how long they can sustain it. Right. You know. This team, although they brought back some veterans, they're still relatively young. Do you believe that their recent success is because they have so many young guys who are malleable and can be molded to kind of, you know, perform the duties that you want them to do? Whereas, though, sometimes veterans, they can be set in their ways and they can be a little bit more resistant to tough coaching. Do you think that's why they've been so successful lately? So you just hit on what the difference is between this year and last year. Last year, Mm. you had Kevin Hayes and JVR, who I like both players I grew up in the same place with uh, Kevin but Kevin was one of those guys a veteran player he might not say anything but you could hear his eyes roll if he didn't like the way things were going (laughs) so yeah and now you've got kids and you know people always thought well John Tortorelli's gonna these the kids in this new uh, uh, generation or whatever they don't like to be coached hard I I do not think that's true and I think you're seeing the, the case of it with the Flyers right now. Guys getting benched and coming back and having strong games afterwards. People, players don't mind being coached hard if they see that it works. If, if you're a, a, a disciplinarian coach and you just bench people and, and the results don't come, it's like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. But if you do something like, 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 like he benched uh, it, Therabee for a game. Therabee's a terrific player, plays hard, but he benched him not he benched him because they had had a team meeting and basically they all said, what can we do better? And one of the stress stress points was cover up for your guy when you're whoever's moving in, cover your man, have his back, have his six. And he didn't do it on the first shift of the game. So he gets benched. Now there's a difference here. The, the, the kind of coaches that players don't like are coaches who, when you make a mistake, you come back to the bench and it's like, you screwed me. You made me look bad. Mm-hmm. Then there are coaches that when you get benched, they know it's because you let the entire group down. There's a huge difference between being responsible to a group, to your teammates, and being responsible only to a coach. And Tortorella has managed to somehow get that through. And I mean, I've seen other coaches uh, back in the day, Don Sherry, this football coach who you, they're the they're the story. They're the guy. Right. And um, you know, I thought Buddy Ryan was like that. And it's like, but then there's guys. It's like, no, you're not playing because you let down uh, whoever was uh, was moving. Uh, Sanheim moved up on the play. You didn't have your man. Sanheim looks like a donkey because he can't get back this way. Mm. Al, who are the players who have impressed you? In other words, the ones that you maybe didn't have super high expectations, but so far have really caught your eye and and, and stood out. Well, Cam York, who's quickly become my uh, my favorite player. I, I never even know what he's talking about half time. He told me the other day, what's to say? Vibes are high. Every time I go down, I got another. <laughs> he's like, he's got stuff going on, man. It looks like he always, always looks like he came to the rink on a skateboard. I'm like, this, kid, <laughs> this kid's just terrific. And I kind of thought maybe he's an offense player, you know, a, a Southern California guy, kind of cool. Um, but his defense has got really, really good. Um, and he's, you know, got offensive skills, but he's, he's learned the defensive part of the game. Not a big guy, 
but he's learned to positional position himself. The way the game's played now with smaller players, it's it's almost like a video game where it's angles. Uh, you you got to get an angle on a guy. You, you got to you got to judge his speed. You got to get your stick in a zone to pass. I mean, there are still guys like Ristolainen who can occasionally staple somebody, but yeah. you can't have all uh, hammer you know hammers. You can't mm-hmm. do that anymore. And this guy plays angles very very well. And that's uh, he's impressed me as much as anybody. And Forster, Forster's overall play has has um, has impressed me. But his, I, I thought he could score more. He he's uh, still he's still kind of missing that that ability to have that one timer. So I mean, those are the two. And and Forster, I was I'm shocked he's as good a 200 foot player as he is. It's like it's backwards. Usually the guys like that, you know, they score and you have to teach them the other parts of the game, and that's why they get benched. But this this guy. He's in the right place all the time. Mm-hmm. I was I was stunned, and and uh, but he hasn't finished like I think people wanted. I wanted him to anyway. You know, Al. Um, last one for me. You know, bringing Keith Jones in, um, he has a tall task ahead of him, and this team they're playing well right now. And I mean, we don't know how long if if they can sustain it, but regardless, they're playing well right now, and they're productive, and they're showing that they can potentially be in the playoff hunt. How much discipline? does Keith Jones in his front office have to exercise when it comes to truly understanding and respecting where this team is rather than where they want them to be? Again, we see a lot of teams, for example, um, uh, the Sixers, they're trying to play this balancing act of, okay, how good are we really? Are we good enough to actually make a move to get us closer to where we want to be? Or do we need to be more patient with our growth? How speak, speak on the dynamic that Keith Jones has to balance with this current roster and being more respect, being understanding where they are right now versus where um, he wants them to be. Well, it's both. It's Jonesy and uh, Danny Briere, both of them. Um, they got to decide toward the trade deadline: it, uh, is this for real, and mm. are we going to move pieces? Uh, I don't think they'll bring anybody in uh, if they're going to, and and move anything like that. But I think they're going to have to decide. They're going to get good offers um, for. Uh, defensemen, especially Walker, maybe Ristolainen, um, they'll get offers, and they actually make they may get offers for Konechny, um, believe it or not. So they have to decide there what. Not that Konechny, uh, but the fact is Konechny's a star player now. Why would you get rid of a gut star player? And the trade deadline is enticing. It's enticing when you're it winning, is. You, and you could get a boatload. You know, draft picks, young, you know, young prospects. I mean. I wouldn't put it past them. They've got this Cutter Gauthier at Boston College. You wouldn't put it past them if they thought they could move up in a draft to package him. It, it, it sounds crazy, but depending on what's out there, because no matter how good they are right now, I think the, the window, the real big window, is when Mitch Cobb, their Russian star player, comes over in a couple of years. And then you're going to have a guy making low salary, and you can go out and get free agents to go around him. I mean, God knows McDavid at that point might want out Edmonton. Who knows? You, you don't know. But and they're in and they happen to be in a place now where Washington's going to have the end of Ovechkin. So they're going to be, you know, carrying a huge contract that's not productive. I don't know how long Crosby can keep going in in Pittsburgh, older players. So their their uh, measuring stick will be like the Jersey Devils and be OK. It's our young players that have to come in. So the patience, the, the, the decision that's going to have to be made is. Do we really want to do we really want to keep some people thinking we can make some noise in this playoffs or 
do we maybe maybe kind of sacrifice a longer playoff run possibly um, for uh, to get to move some pieces and have some draft picks? I think that they would lean toward the draft picks. Mm. I think that that, but they wouldn't give up a pl- making the playoffs is tr- tremendously important. I don't know what the Sixers were thinking when they went through that whole thing, whatever. But in hockey, look at baseball. Look what happened when the Phillies made the playoffs. The ticket sales, the interest, and all that. So I mean, I don't think they would they would uh, sacrifice anything in terms of getting a playoff spot. But they may sacrifice in terms of oh, we're going to have the pieces to make a quote playoff run. Hmm. Al, last one for me. Who's the number one goalie? Hart. He's the number one goalie. I mean, um, he's he's a uh, he's still young. Uh, I, I am curious though. This is not a you know we he, he told us he had. I mean, I, I remember I was in the locker room. He, they said he had food poisoning out west, and he's. I made a joke. Don't have fish on the road. He had fish on. I said, yeah, you never had that. You, you, go, you go to Applebee's on the road. You want to be safe. <laughs> so, so, so. But then he's. Then it, you know it kept happening, and you know we, have we been told specifically what it is in terms of a stomach problems or whatever? I'm. I mean, everybody's. You're always concerned. An athlete gets sick. It, it's not normal. Um, no, you know, what, what situation he's, they think they have it under control, but all things being equal, I, I think he's, he's just a really good goalie. I am, I, I am uh, more than, um, surprised that Erson's that good. I mean, he's been that good and it's not just physical play. The mental toughness this guy has to be a backup goaltender, come in in tough situations, shootout situations. And, you know, he's sweet, so he's, you know, cool. He doesn't seem to bother him ever. And, and, but that's, you know, he has a terrible start. And he comes in, didn't it happen? Like a, like a relief pitcher that, that forgets the last start. So he's way better than – if he continues to be that good, they may have one of the best goaltending combinations in the NHL. Mind you, this is a franchise that for a generation couldn't find a goaltender. Couldn't win a game in overtime. You covered your eyes on shootouts. So in, in a matter of a year, you've got two goaltenders. You love overtime, and you call people in the room to watch the shootout. It's and they and they can't score in a power play. It makes no sense. It's amazing, but it's a uh, it's something that you can build something on. And I give the coaching staff credit, and I and I I don't think that. And and Tortorella continually, when people ask about it, it's like you know he's got to he's got to know his spot here that he's you know when heart's heart's healthy, he's a backup and stay healthy for that. So I don't think there's any question that that's he's your number one guy. All right, Al, good stuff, man. And I, I will uh, Al and I'll be hanging on Sunday from one to four uh, on WIP. So I'm looking forward to uh, a little Christmas Eve with Al Morgani. But you could follow Al at Nuff Said on Twitter and X and catch him on the pre and post game shows on NBC Sports Philadelphia for the Flyers. Al, appreciate it, man. Always good catching up with you. Happy holidays, man. No worries, guys. Have a good one. All right, take Take care. care, That's Al Morgani. Great insight there. I love the mall analogy. Yeah, that was good. That was good. It it made me think about uh, you going to the uh, old shopping centers and you see the – uh, the traces of the signage, you know, when they take signs yeah. down, you see, you see the outline of the big K, the Kmart the or whatever it is. It's like, oh, what happened to this place? So, yeah, man, he, he he's on to something, man. Look, listen, the, the Flyers are on the up and up. Um, Eagles right now, they're holding on for their life right now. Yet yeah. they're still 10 and four. Sixers are on the up and up right now. Phillies currently in the offseason. Um, Philly sports is not in a bad place, but um, 
I think still um, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be uh, a lot to be desired still. There's, there's a lot of food left on the plate. You know what I mean? There is. There is. And when the Eagles are playing poorly, in effect, it, it just, you know, it, it spills into everything. All right. Yes. A uh, little later, we'll get into Joel Embiid, what he's been doing. Nova had an upset last night over Creighton. A lot to get into. But we come back. It'll be NFL time. We'll look at tonight's game and all the big stories that are happening around the league. So don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. So if you have any types of issues, they're just a quick phone call away. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania. South Jersey and Northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower, 
on one of their stats? Then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Sports Take Thursday. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you. All right, Tony, let's talk some NFL. We do have a game tonight. We have the Saints and the Rams. That's the Thursday night game. So let's look at the implications here. Both teams are 7-7. and Um, As far as the Saints go, they're vying for that division. Um, Right now they're in second place, even though they are 7-7. and They have the same record as the Buccaneers. But the Bucs have the tiebreaker right now over them. So the Saints' objective is to get that NFC South, which we know is a bad division. As far as the Rams go, um, right now they're the seventh seed, Tom. So if it ended right now, they would be in. Um, they're seven and seven along with the Vikings, who are the sixth seed. Then the eighth seed is Seattle at seven and seven. Then it's New Orleans. And then uh, the rest of the teams are six and eight or under 500. So it's a critical game for both teams for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I have the Rams in this game. I mean, I just think the Rams are better. Um, I like their quarterback better. Um, I like their coaching better. Um, I like uh, or like their quarter like their coach more. Um uh I I I think I think the offense is just a little bit a, a bit more efficient and effective. So and also I like their weapons on the outside more than I like uh as much as, much as I love Chris Olave. Um I just and he's think, coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I just think the Rams are a bit more effective on offense or at least somewhat more consistent. So mm-hmm. I like the Rams in this matchup for sure. Um, I actually think the Buccaneers are going to end up winning the division. Okay. Um, I do too, actually. I, I like the way Baker Mayfield's playing right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's enough on the defensive side to go with some of the playmakers that he has, you know, like Mike Evans and whatnot. But I think there's enough playmakers on that side of the ball, on the other side of the ball. I think they do too. I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of belief in the saints. I don't, um, I like the Rams tonight as well. I think they're a four point favorite for a reason. And I think they win the game. Um, and I think that I agree with you. I think the bucks win that division. I don't like anybody in that division, particularly. I think whoever gets out of that division gets bounced the first round, but yeah, I think it's going to be the, I think it's going to be the bucks for sure. But again, at least it's a game that's got something on the line tonight. Some, some interest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, excuse me. You know, at this point in the season, you know, there's so much on the line, man, at this point. Um, everyone has something to lose. Everyone has something to gain. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of right now, if there, if everything was to hold up, right, like you said, um, the Cowboys would be playing the Rams in the first round. Um, Lions would be playing the Vikings. And the Eagles would be playing the, Buc- would be playing the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And then if we, expect, um, if we expect Dallas to win and we expect Detroit to win, then that means – the Philadelphia, and we expect the Eagles to win. That means the Eagles will have to go to Jerry World and play the Cowboys. And um, I don't know how I feel about those odds. I don't like it. 
I can tell you right now, I don't like it, especially there. They're just a different team there than they are on the road, uh, mm-hmm. Dallas. That's for sure. Um, all right. So a couple other things. Um, the Ravens players have been pretty vocal that they don't like the fact that they're considered the underdog this week against the 49ers. The Niners are five and a half point favorites in this game. Both teams go in with 11 and three records. The uh, Ravens have won four straight. The Niners have won six straight. Mm-hmm. So this is indeed a clash of you know two teams atop the uh, their respective conferences. It's a biggie. I, I got to tell you, if, if if I'm looking at it objectively, and I don't really have a horse in the race with either team, um, I think the 49ers should be the favorite in this game. I don't yeah. think I get the disrespect angle; it works all the time. But they they're not really being disrespected, honestly. But. Yeah, yeah um, the Niners are the best team in football. Let's just call it what it is. But even beyond that, right? I never understood why players care about that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you don't care about fantasy. You don't care about betters and their parlays. Why all of a sudden do you care about, you know, the spread? You right. know what I mean? It's, or just that people are saying, oh, I like, you know, the four nine. Who cares? I, I, I just, I, I never understood it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're 11 and three. They're 11 and three. Listen, at the end of the day, they got to go out and prove it against you. I, I, I just never understood the whole idea of players being up in arms because they're considered the underdog in the game. Listen, right. you're on the road. What do you expect? I mean, just just go out, play the game. Exactly. Um, uh, all right. So we're getting some uh, Matt Patricia stuff filtering in. Filtering in. Okay. So as far as that final touchdown went, where Bradbury mm-hmm. got beat, he said some of the calls that we had made before leading up to that made me nervous to stay with them. So I switched it up. Obviously, I wish I had that call back. Okay. Transparency. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, fair enough. He's, he's giving you reasoning why he did it, which is he could have gotten it back. I can live with that. I fair, can... enough. fair enough. You you saw some things that you weren't comfortable with. You try to throw a curveball. It bit you on the behind. It happened. You know what I mean? Listen, you live with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, he said, I would take it back. It starts with me. Uh, I've got to get some calls in there to help them a little bit more. In hindsight, just elaborating a little bit more. Uh, I, I didn't really like it. I wish I had called another one in that situation. Okay, that's, that's fair. And I'll, I'll pass along anything else that he has to say as he's uh, as he's speaking. You know, uh, I, it's, it's interesting. You know, I'm I'm glad they're not subjecting Sean Desai. I to, agree. You know, to the press conferences, man. I wouldn't that, make him available tone the rest of the year. Let I wouldn't him, make him. I wouldn't make him available at all. Correct. He, he's at been all. through. You know. Enough, and I know people say he's making a ton of money. I get it. That that's that's an embarrassing situation. It, it's something that it clearly has to has to take a toll on you and hurt you. Uh, you know that this this yeah. went down. Yeah, anyway. your first your first high profile DC job, and you know you you know you you do get put in a broom closet. Yeah, you know even even the game Monday night, there's a camera right in your face as you're sitting in the booth. It's like I hate that. I hate that. I hate it's it. tough, dude. I hate that, man. Yeah. I don't yeah, wish it on right. anybody. Yeah, it's like imagine in, in your profession, mm-hmm. you know, you get demoted or whatever. This goes for anybody, right? Yeah, you get demoted or you get fired or whatever, and there's a camera following you on your way out the door, or a camera, you know, sitting there with you in your new office while you're trying to adjust to this new role that you're in. Um, it's embarrassing. It is. It's embarrassing. Or, or or just people are parading into your office looking at you, you know, on like a yeah. glass window or, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yep, uh, no doubt. All right, so uh, as far as his relationship with Slay, um, he, obviously that was a big bone of contention with people. They didn't get along uh, when they were in Detroit together. Slay was very public about it. 
He said, quote, this is what he said a minute ago. Matt Patricia did. I just gave him a big hug before I came in here uh, on patching up the relationship. So it seems like, you know, they're getting along fine. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, everything's hunky-dory until <laughs> until there's a bad play call or a sleigh goes nuts or, you know, it, goes, it gets online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's like, look, you know, it happened, right? You know, they mm-hmm. they had a rough patch, you know, in their respective careers. You know, at, at at what point do we say, all right, bygones are bygones? It happened. You know, every, every, everyone everyone's not going to be your cup of tea. But ultimately, you got to be a professional at the end of the day. No one's saying they got to go out and get beers together. No one's saying they got to invite each other to you know to each other's kids' birthday parties. No one's saying that, right? right. Can you be professional? Can you can can you guys coexist and have a um and form a, a professional working relationship so we can all achieve the same goal? It's all that matters. You know, it, it gets kind of tired. You know, when the same narrative about those two keeps getting brought up, it's like, okay, we get it. They 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 didn't see eye to eye, at, you know, in, in Detroit. Did anybody see eye eye to eye in Detroit? <laughs> like, come on. So, <laughs> was losing, anybody happy with the outcome right, there? Right. Was was anybody happy in Detroit? You know what yeah. I mean. So, I I'm pretty sure you can find plenty of other, other beefs in the in that organization when they were at the bottom of the yeah. of the damn barrel. So. Look, it happened. They I think the easiest catch. way to look at it, if you boil, you boil it all down, it's like, hey, we both have the same objective. We want to win a Super Bowl, right? All right, let's do anything we can to win the Super Bowl and put right, this stuff man. It, it is what it is. It happened. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, I, I just I just hate that it's a, it's a constant. Like, okay, yeah. we, we there's nothing, nothing wrong with talking about it when we did, but, mm-hmm. you know, when, when it becomes like this this constant, like as if that's the end-all, be-all, it's like, yo, these guys are professionals at the end of the day. You Agreed. know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, all right, elsewhere. So, um I, we talked about this, the DeMonte the Kazee uh, suspension that was initially handed down, and he um, he appealed it. Uh, so the league has held, upheld it, and he will sit for the last three games of the season for that hit on Michael Pittman. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when they do appeal this, they'll knock at least one off the league. I think they're really trying to send a message here with this one. So he he's done for the rest of the regular season. Um, hey, man. The NFL, man, they – they're very choosy sometimes with how they handle certain situations. They're putting their foot down with these unnecessary roughness or these guys that are playing the game a little bit, a little bit more violently, violently than others. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these guys, they're playing, they're playing in the wrong era. If they were yeah. in a different era, they'd be, they, they would be paraded around the league for, you know, their physicality. And, you know, these defensive guys, a lot of the time, what you're trying to do is you're trying to send a message to the offense saying, listen, you come on this side of the field, we're going to have some issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I remember um, uh, a film where a piece of film where uh, Brian Dawkins was guarding, um, I think it was a Chris Cooley, the tight end that used to play for the, um, uh, the yeah, Washington the skins. Redskins. Yeah, well, they were the cool. skins then. I yeah, yeah. Well, what was it? Cooley? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah Cooley. Chris Cooley. Tight Chris end. Cooley. Yeah. And um, I think they threw the ball to Chris Cooley, and I think the ball was overthrown, or he dropped it, and Brian, Brian Dawkins was about to light him up, but then Brian Dawkins stopped and said, Cooley, don't come over here. <laughs> I, t- I told listen, don't come over here. Don't, don't you bring your ass over here. So, um, uh, yeah, he was like, are you no better to come over here? So, you know, when you when you think about from that perspective, like, it's, it's a different era we're in, and okay. the league is getting, you know, they're getting sued left and right about concussions and CTE, and they're just trying to, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about PR perception and perception sometimes trumps reality. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this with the slave thing. So I thought it would, I think this is another interesting answer. So mm-hmm. uh, Matt Patricia says that 
And he's talking about himself here. He says, nobody is the perfect version of themselves at all times. And he's happy that he's had a chance to reconnect with Slay. Okay. I mean, look, I, I, I have no issues with anything he's saying so far. Yeah. So, Detroit can bring the worst out of you. No doubt. No I mean, doubt. just, just ask the Pistons. Jeez. So, <laughs> um, all right. So uh, stay with Pittsburgh for a minute. Kenny Pickett is out versus the Bengals. They were hoping maybe he'd come back from that tightrope ankle surgery, but he will not be back. So it'll be Mason Rudolph uh, getting the start as they bench Trubisky. Uh, versus the Bengals. Now, speaking of the Bengals, they will be without Jamar Chase. That's official now that he is not able to play with that AC joint sprain uh, against Pittsburgh. I still like Cincinnati here, but you know, it definitely makes uh, Jake Browning's life a little bit tougher to not have uh, a guy like that uh, in that game. Also, Cam Hayward passed this concussion protocol, and he can play as well in that one. Um, elsewhere. Um, this is, this goes to your point of what you were talking about a little bit earlier. Like, why do you, why are you even engaging in this? Now, I know he was asked about it, but Tua was asked basically like, you know, some people are surprised that your offense was able to have the success it's had without, um, Tyree kill being able to play. And Tua went off in this long, I know everybody thinks I suck if I don't have Tua, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I don't, I don't really care where like, it's like, if you didn't really care, I don't know that you'd be going on a little mini rant about it. <laughs> Clearly it it ticks you off at some level. Exactly. Here's the thing, right? People love to pretend things don't bother them, but when you feel the need to overextend yourself and over, listen, I've been there in my personal life, right? I, I've so many, so many times I say to my wife, "Yeah, I'm cool. It doesn't bother me," and then all of a sudden I go off on this tangent. She's like, "Well, clearly it does." <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Again, if to it, if it didn't bother you, you know what you would have said? You would have been like, "Hey, well, you know, well, you look, you know, injuries happen, and you know, we got a lot of guys on this team that we trust, and um, you know, we, we got a lot of guys in this team that you know that do the job very well." And, um, you know, we can't wait to get Tyreek back, man. He just makes it that much better. Yeah. Yep. Like, and then we're I good. Should, they, need to, they need to pay me to write these guys. Like, you know, you like, need to get it, a PR gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's this stuff is not complicated, yeah. in my opinion. It's not complicated at all to politic. And, and the other thing is, like, I don't think, are we still at that point where, like, are people really saying that? Like, I, I think the biggest question with Tua was, could he stay healthy? When he's healthy, we know this guy's a really effective player, especially considering he's in you know a great system for him with Mike McDaniel. That's not a knock on Tua; it's just a fact. You know, good for the Dolphins for putting the perfect guy in there to get the most out of Tua. So I don't, yeah. I don't buy that. Like I don't think people, that, I don't hear a lot of that narrative. Like he, he's just a byproduct of Tua. I don't think so. But what well, Tyreek, right? Byproduct of Tyreek. Tua, I mean Tyreek. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, like he's look, man. Look. Tua does still get that little knock again against his game, you know, that, you know, Tyreek. Listen, it helps. It helps. A.J. Brown helped Jim help Hurst take his game to another yeah. level. Like, who cares? Who cares? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when, now when, when, you, when you want to get into these debates about who's the best quarterback and all that kind of stuff, and okay, have those fantasy football conversations, whatever. But at the end of the day, man, you, can, you, br you bring the best guys in to help your guys. It's just simple as that. And when you have an opportunity to bring in a guy like Tyreek Hill or bring in a guy like A.J. Brown to help, help a Tua, to help a Jalen Hurts respectively, hey, listen, man, you roll with that. And, that's, mm -hmm. and, and any quarterback will want that kind of situation. You know, any young quarterback that's still developing, that's still trying to prove himself, would love to have a guy like that in the building to try to help his to help take his game to another level. It's no, it's, it's, it's no big thing at the end of the day, man. Any company you work in, you want the best people around you to get to the goal. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. When things get complicated, when egos get involved, you know, remember the whole Donovan McNabb T.O. situation. Donovan oh, McNabb shit. couldn't handle T.O. getting a lot of love. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I, we're doing this because of me. It's like, well, listen, T.O. took y'all to another level. Let's be honest. You had your best passing year because T.O.'s there, right? It's, 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 that's just the reality. 
But when you have an ego, it makes it hard to accept that reality. You know, it's just, just roll with it, man. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're a team. We all win and we all lose as one. So, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, elsewhere. So Jalen Johnson, who's maybe been the Bears best player this year, says he wants to remain a Bear, but he is a free agent uh, at the end of the season. So they're going to have to pony up. He, this is me saying that part, but he does mm-hmm. says he wants to remain a Bear. <laughs> he didn't say they're going to have to pony up. I'm going to say, damn. Yeah, good for him if he said no. That's me. Uh, I'm speaking as his agent. No, but he he's going to – they're going to have to pay him because um, he's going to be very coveted on the free agent market. I can tell you that. But the dude is a stud. He is a stud. So um, speaking of that – I don't know why he wants to stay in Chicago, but – I don't either. Hey. Maybe he's just putting, you know, giving you the party line. But um, – That's true. That's true. <laughs> speaking of Chicago, Justin Fields feels like he's done enough this season to earn being back as the Bears quarterback. Now – Part of the backdrop of that is the Bears have two picks that are going to be extremely high. One of them is, is Carolina's pick, which is going to be the best pick. So, in theory, they could very well take a, a quarterback. That's for sure. Hmm. Has he done enough? Ten games I, think, I, think it's, I think it's pretty borderline, frankly. Um, Ten games I, played, 61% completion percentage, just over 1,900 passing yards. Just, just over 1,900 passing yards, um, averaging almost seven yards an attempt, mm-hmm. 14 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions, um, 488 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Hmm. Not great weapons, not a great offensive line. Yeah, uh, not – I mean, D.J. Moore is his only real weapon. Yeah, Mooney's um, all right, you know, but I, – I, I, like, I like Cole Komet. I like the tight end. Yeah, I like the tight end. But it's uh, not great. <clears throat> yeah. Other than that, everyone's pretty, you know, blah. So hasn't really been getting consistent running back play. Guys have been hurt. Yeah. So it's it's that's not an easy call. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If, I, if I'm the Bears, it's not an easy call um, it's because it's very tempting to have the ability to grab one of the whoever you think the best guy is coming out at that position. It really yeah. is. Tempting. And also, it shows just how bad they really are when you see a guy like uh, Tyson Bag Badgent trying to, you know, make things happen for more, man, you know, they're still bad, you know, they're still bad. It doesn't matter who you put back there. So no. that's even more to the point of like, yeah, get around Justin Fields or bring it in Caleb Williams. Is Caleb Williams really going to be able to save you that like, like, I don't know. Well, it's not save. I, I think that you, I don't think you look at it from that point of view. Uh, you, you have to fix a lot of things on that team. It's mm-hmm. not the quarterback isn't going to be this great elixir that's going to fix everything. But you got to just if you feel like there that's a better option than your guy, it's the way you view it. But I, you know, I, again, it's a fair question. It I is. mean, also it'll buy you, it'll probably buy you more time as well. You know, if, as far as paying the quarterback too. Um, you know, you move on from Fields, you can reset with the with you know with the rookie contract with Caleb Williams because eventually Fields' payday is going to come up at some point if someone's going to decide to give him the money. But I mean, it, it'll buy you more time. If, especially if you really don't feel like Fields is the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can see you making a decision based off of that, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, elsewhere, CJGJ cleared. He will play. Well, in theory, he can play for the for the Lions. We'll see mm-hmm. what they decide. But he's uh, he's practicing now for them. Um, so that could be a big boost for a de- – that's the thing with their – that's their biggest issue is their defense. You know, I, I, offensively, I don't worry about them. But getting defensive stops – and they have a – not an easy one. They go to Minnesota. That's always a tough place to play for them. You know, an NFC North uh, battle there. So that's uh, that's the one one of the one o'clock games on uh, on Sunday uh, right. for them. 
uh, elsewhere. Um, Kareem Jackson, uh, who is coming off a suspension of his own. He's had multiple suspensions, but uh, he is eligible to return. No word yet if the, if the Broncos are going to activate him. We just don't know. Man. I don't know that you can keep putting him on the field, honestly. It's just it, everything is yeah. a mess. I don't know either. I mean, the Broncos, they can use all the hope they can get. They're, 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 they're trying to get into the playoffs, you know what I mean? So yeah. yep. at the same time, you got you got you to weigh the pros and cons. Uh, Jalen Hurts speaking. says, quote, I was challenging myself. It starts with me. Uh, talking about, I guess, commitment. Yes, talking about commitment, he said. Oh, I mean, he did. He he did start with himself. In the, just to add context, he mm-hmm. he didn't just flat out say, "Oh yeah, these guys aren't committed." He started with himself and criticized himself heavily, and then he, you know, he elaborated, took a step further, and said, "You know, we we need more commitment around the building." Right, and and he said, "I was challenging myself. It all starts with me. Uh, I'm the point guard out there. Uh, you challenge yourself, and you challenge the people around you. So that that that's his, you know, clarification on that yeah. last play, the interception. He said, "The last thing I want to do is leave the field feeling like I." let the team down. Uh, so uh, again, this is all coming down in real time. So I will pass it along. Uh, and also, and, right. You know, yep. sometimes you got to take into consideration who the messenger is, right? Right. You know, Jalen Hurts has been, has shown that he is a consummate professional and teammate. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, if, if he says something, I'm not going to immediately think he's trying to throw guys under the bus. I'm going to, I want to take I'm going to take his word for it and say, okay, he's trying to, I'm going to look, I'm going to look at it with the best intentions. You feel me? Yeah, he, he, than, he's never struck me as that guy either. Right, right. So, so I'm I'm going to lean. I'm going to err on that side of things rather than just saying, "Oh, he's trying to take the, you know, take the microscope or take the target off himself, exactly. I, off himself." I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't believe he's that kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't either, and, and I don't believe for one second that he isn't examining his shortcomings and some of the issues that he's had either. Uh, he's just that guy. Um, so elsewhere, uh, this is pretty funny. You remember Cameron Dicker? He was here for a game last year with the Dicker, Eagles the kicker, and had a, had a game-winning field goal in Arizona, right? Yeah. So he caught on with the Chargers this year and is having a, a spectacular year. They're a mess, but he's been good. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. So he's up for the Pro Bowl, and he put out a Pro Bowl campaign campaign on social media saying, "Don't be a bleep. Vote for Dicker." There you go. So uh, Dicker, don't kicker. be don't be like your neighbor Dick. Yeah, don't be a Richard. Don't be don't be a Richard. Mm-hmm. Vote for Dicker. Correct. Yep, that's what that's what he's doing. So that's hilarious. Anyway, good, good. He he always struck I, me. He's a pretty funny guy. I'm glad that guy caught on because he, he looks like he, he how, how, how did Richard translate into Dick? I because well the nicknames for Richard are Rick, Rich, Rich and I don't know how Dick got started. But here's what I will tell you: Do you know anyone under the age of sixty? That's real name is Richard that they call Dick. No. no, 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 nope. Those days are over. Well, we all know why, but that's those days are over. That's an old school thing when Richard goes to Dick. Hello there. All right. So elsewhere. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that's a, it's a good question. I, I don't know. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, I get the ick. That rhymes with Rick. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh all right. Nate, anyway. Nate, uh Nathan Hoffman says my uncle, he uh he's in my uncle, he's not under the 60, but you know, I'm assuming he's saying that his uncle's name is Dick or well, right, Richard. So they, they call him okay. Dick, but good, good. You know, There's a few. All right. My, yeah. my bad. I stand corrected. 
but like, but but still though, that's an old fashioned name, right? It is. It is. Like you, you don't know? see a lot of women now named like Martha or like uh, or Gertrude, Ethel. Yeah, those yeah. like some names have pe- have just progressed Ma- out. Uh, what is it? Uh, Mabel. 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 You don't see a lot of that anymore. Those those days could be over. Um, <laughs> all right, how did we get here? All right, so the uh, I apologize. The, that's that's all right. The Vikings are switching. Uh, are switching to turf. Um, the, the latest NFL facility to replace its playing surface with a version of artificial turf that rates better in the injury data. And now, the, the, see, the players are all calling for natural grass, which I get. So I don't know how much this helps, you know, whatever. But they they claim what they're going to is better than what they had been using, for what it's worth. <laughs> You're so hilarious. <laughs> Rob breaking down the dick. Best segment I've heard of. I agree. I, I, tomorrow I'm going to do a full, full-blown full three hours on it. Yes. It's it's, it's 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 I mean this is my fault. Sills don't pay don't pay me any mind, man. No, um, it's true though. Like I wouldn't if my name was Richard. I you're calling me Rick or Rich? Yeah, call me right? you, you call me Rich. Call me yeah, Richie. You know we're what I mean? Going, like, we're not going the other direction, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It ain't happening. No, but that's true. I mean, it's uh, yeah. But anyway, Dick Nixon. Yes, Richard <laughs> Nixon. Nixon. Yeah, Tricky Dick. That's what they. Call I had him. a I had a I had a uh, I had a col- I had a friend from college. Um, his name. His name was Richard. Um, his name was Richard Snary, but we called him uh, Dick Snary all the time. Well, that's, that's hilarious. Dictionary, yeah. <laughs> Dick Snary. Yeah, I like that. Well, I guess there's Lil Dicky, the 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 rapper and actor. But oh, even that, man. you better be good. You better really be good. Dick, you know? Dick Buck. Okay, like Dick Buck okay, is to get away with it. Na- okay, you guys, name all the famous dicks you know. Uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus. Um, who else? Um, na- name all the famous dicks you know. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> oh my god! There's oh, no players. Man. There's no. This players. is what happens when the Philadelphia Eagles are losing. When you lose three in a row, you get dick talk. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. We're going to pivot. We're going to pivot, you guys. All right. Let's, right. We're, let's pivot to a break. We're, we're, we're going to pivot. And we're going to pivot to Joel Embiid. Okay. Oh, who, who dropped a fifty spot last night uh, and has been dominant. Once again, shout out uh, to all the Richards out there, you guys. Shout yeah, out to everybody named Richard. Richard you, you keep doing your thing, man. And if if you all go by Dick, Richards good good there. for you. If you're if you're a guy in your twenties and you go by Dick, you have balls. <laughs> See what I did? See what I did there? All right. Um, there you go. Oh right. my God! What's going let's on take, today? Let's, this is the this is what happens when we get we're like punchy we're like we're like punch oh drunk by the end God. of the week. This is the, this, this this is what you call slapstick comedy, you guys. Man, what's what's tomorrow going to look like if we're, we're we're at this point on a Thursday? So we you have to oh, tune man, in. This is hilarious. All right, let's hit it. Man. Let's hit it. Joel Embiid will be the discussion uh, in part when we get back. Who uh, he went off again last night? That's for sure. All right, we'll be right back. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. 
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Back, Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this Thursday. All right, two things, Tone. One, uh, they have officially activated Avante Maddox. He will practice today. So that's Whoa. a good sign. It's a good sign. Good sign. Hopefully he can go this week. If not, you would think he'd be probably be back by the Cardinals game, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. So that's a big addition right there. All right. It is. Thanks. It is. It is. Yep. Let's hope he can stay on the damn field. I'm with you, man. But that's man. Uh, that's to get him back in that slot, man, is enormous. So that's that's right. a big one. All right. So that's right. a good now, one. Now I don't know how much difference it will make at this point, but you never know, man. You right. never know. Um, I think he's, 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 he's a very back. underrated piece of this defense, man. Big time. Yeah. He's a fun player to play with. Um, again, um, we have no idea how much of a difference it'll make, if at all, but having him back can, on, can only help you. It can only Big help one. you. All right. Uh, elsewhere, so Jalen Hurts still meeting with the media. So this is an interesting answer. He said um, they asked him if he's seeing the same commitment from his teammates that he has, you know, that he that he has. I think everyone has the right mentality. Also, everyone has to challenge themselves. So I, I think what he's saying is essentially – Look, I, I believe in these guys, but we got to dig deep here because we're, you know, we're in uncharted territory for this season. Yeah, that's that's a great way to word that, Rob. They're in yeah. uncharted territory, and when you get when you when you when you get lost, or when you find yourself somewhere that you're unfamiliar with, you start to look around, and you can either search for answers or search for someone to blame. And this is a very pivotal point for the Philadelphia Eagles. You're on a three-game losing streak. 
You lost three games that were crucial to your seeding and crucial to how people perceive you in the NFC and in the NFL. They have an opportunity in front of them to really change the narrative mm-hmm. once they get into the playoffs. Yeah. Not with these three games. These three games ain't going to prove nothing to me. No, but I, I hear you. But, but once you get into the playoffs, you have an opportunity to change the narrative. You're going to get in. Now, the question is, who do you play? The seeding, blah, 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 blah. But you have an opportunity to dig deep and really challenge yourself and maybe maybe push yourself to new heights. We'll see. We never know. Um, so much, so many moving pieces um, needed to be going into the same direction. But I think I think you worded that perfectly right there. And, and they're in uncharted territory. And we're going to find out exactly who everyone is by the end of the season. Uh, the other the other potential good news here is it looks like, uh, according to Chris Franklin, uh, uh, our friend from NJ.com, it looks like uh, right guard Cam Jurgens is going to participate in some capacity in practice. He has his jersey and helmet on. He missed Monday's game with that pec injury. So uh, you could be getting him back too, just to bolster that offensive line. So uh, okay. if I get anything else, I'll pass it along. So Sounds good. good. News. Sounds good. It's a couple good news right there on the injury front. Yeah. Um, speaking of good news. Um, Sixers win. They beat the the T-Wolves last night, a T-Wolves team that came in as one of the better teams in the NBA and certainly uh, arguably the best defensive team in the NBA. And, you know, all this to their credit, all the Sixers did last night and they were shorthanded, by the way, were the Sixers. Um, But all the Sixers did was take care of business and beat you know that 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 T-Wolves team pretty handily, actually. I mean, it was a close game for a while, but the Sixers pulled away in the fourth quarter. So the Sixers were without last night, Nicholas Batum. Robert Covington, they lost the Anthony Melton in the second quarter, and he didn't play in the third and in the, in the whole second half mm-hmm. either. And they win that game uh, largely on the backs of Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. So Embiid uh, goes for fifty-one. Tone. This is the second time this season he's gone over the fifty mark. He had fifty-one twelve. He was seventeen of twenty-five from the floor, seventeen of eighteen from the free throw line. It's his seven. 50th point game of his career, second this season. During that, he's had now a 12 game streak of at least 30 points and 10 rebounds. Um, Tyrese Maxey, not to be you know forgotten about in this thing, 35 points, five assists. There wasn't even another player in double figures for the Sixers last night. Those two yeah. guys straight dominated. Yeah, this was a classic case of your stars being stars, a classic case of your guys coming in and being uh, being the biggest and the baddest in the room. What makes this 50-piece so amazing is not only did he do it against the best defense in the NBA right now, the number one seed in the West, one of the hottest teams in the NBA, yep. um, one, of the, one of the most dangerous teams in terms of young talent with Anthony Edwards, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. Like, here's the thing, man. Embiid dominated Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert had no answer for him. None. No. Rudy Gobert ended that game with no blocks. Yep. Not a single block. Tone, he kills him every time he faces him. Gobert. Every, every yep. single time. Like, you know what he did? He saved his he, life. You, you know what made it so, so much more hilarious? He killed him on mainly jumpers. Yeah. He was just saying, listen, man, I'm not even going I'm, 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 I'm to waste too much energy with you. I'm just going – I'm just going – ISO you and just cook you with mainly middies, all middies. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, Gobert was literally on skates, couldn't do anything with him. And then every now and again, you know, and be to get in the paint, get the get the ball, put it back up, or um, you know, get the and one, whatever it is. Look, here's the thing, right? 
a lot of people a lot of people say oh he he hunts for fouls no he doesn't he just he knows how to play fouls foul foul shots are a part of the game foul shots are a part of the game and in order to play this in order to play in the NBA you got to have discipline yeah. on defense right yeah and if, if if it was that easy everybody would do it not many players um are capable of drawing fouls like Joel Embiid you know and there's a technique involved. If a guy is reaching, and he put his hands on you. Get your hand up. If the yep. ref calls it, he calls it. Exactly. You know that's not on Joel and B. At the end of the day, he's his his triple threat is so dangerous because he's big, he's agile, but he's deceptive. You mm-hmm. know with the you know with the head fakes and just the the jabs and the movements. Yep. Gobert couldn't do nothing. Gobert couldn't do nothing with that man. Yeah, he nothing. was brilliant. He was brilliant last night, and he's been brilliant all season. Look, he's the all leader in the season. clubhouse. Uh, bet parks, uh, ESPN bet. He's the, he, as he should be. He is absolutely, he's, he was the MVP last year and he's playing better than he's playing. He's been playing better this year than he played last yeah, year. I, honestly, so I'm, I'm be honest with you. This is the best MVP we've ever seen. Uh, hands down. And I, you know, I think I say this all the time. I'm going to say it again, Tom. I get where people are going to say, I just, I care about the second, uh, round of the playoffs and call me then. But what you're missing out on if you're a sports fan and a Sixers fan is a, a season we, we may not see again. He's been that dominant. We may not see somebody play this well again in a Sixers uniform in our lifetime. I can't looks, over overexpress that. You know, he looks overstate. like he's in he looks like he's in full control. Yes. Full control of the outcome, full yep. control of his body, full control of you know what he wants to do in there on there. It seems like it's, it seems like the opponents. It's not up to them what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. up to Joel Embiid. Yes. And so far, man, um, how, how many games? What's their record? They're 18 and – what is it? Uh, they're 18, 18 and, and 10. They're, they're 18 and 10, so that's 28 games. I think it's, they, I think it's what it is. I'm, I'm pulling oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, 19, 19 and 8. 19, they're 19 and 8. 8, excuse me. They're yeah. 19 and 8, right, after that and game. And they beat they beat a 20 and 6 team last night. They were right. 20 and 5 going into that game. They're, they're, they're 19 and 8, right? Yeah. So that is a grand total of 27 games. And Joel yes. Embiid has played in 24 of them. Yeah. I like that. No, it's been awesome. I like that. He's been healthy. You can tell he has his legs under him. Now, here's the thing, though. What I like about this is the fact that he's been dominating so early in these games, he's been able to rest in the fourth quarter and not have to play the whole game. Yeah. That's going to bode well in the long term. Sure is. But, but again, he's a big man. We're only what? A little over what is this? Um, they played in twenty-seven games, so they're a little over a quarter of the way done, between maybe a third or a quarter of the way done of the season, something yep. like that. Yeah. So, can he maintain this level of consistency, this level of intensity? We'll see. But overall, man, he is definitely the hands-down favorite for the MVP. Like, if he keeps this up, he has to be unanimous. Well, the other thing is uh, Maxi. Should get Max, consideration to be a starter in the All Star. Like, he should I, I absolutely make it, but he should be considered to be an All Star. I let's, mean, a, a starter, a starter. Let's talk about Mad Maxi, man. Yeah. This dude, twelve of twenty-four, five of twelve from three, um, five assists. Um, he had five turnovers in the game. His most, I, I, you could, I think that was his highest turnover count for might the whole season. Been. Yeah, might have been. Um, yeah. but that's not that's uncharacteristic. So I'm not worried about that. Um, thirty-five points. 15 of 35 came in the fourth quarter. You like what I what I love about this balance between Joel Embiid and Maxi is they or what I love about this dynamic rather is there's a balance in in their games and how they don't they don't their games don't contradict each other. The way they play, it allows 
it allows Embiid to rest at certain times in the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Maxi can kind of take over in those spots where you need a where you need a quick bucket because he gets downhill so quickly. And Max is Max is getting the respect of the whistle now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's getting to, he, he's getting to the foul line. Maxi is a is a is a dangerous player, and you couple that with what Jordan Embiid is doing. I have I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how far this team would go, and that's a good thing in my eyes. Yeah, I, I agree. With I have that. no idea how far they can go if these two guys are playing at this level, going into the playoffs, and yep. it translates. I have no idea how far they can go. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and, Max, is, and, and Max is only going to get better. Well, that's the thing. He's improved his game so much. His shooting ability. Like we all knew that he's a blur of speed. He's just the ability to, to, to just finish high off the glass. It's incredible. And he had a bunch of them last night again. But his catch and shoot ability. He, he's made himself such a threat all over the floor, man. Uh, he's just awesome. He he's is. So, he's so efficient. He's shooting 40% from the three right now. The only the, thing on I, I worry about with them is it, who is the third guy that's going to step up in terms of helping with the scoring load? Because the bias has been brutal lately. Yeah. And nobody else own. really is that guy. Like we, it was, it was nice the way Ubre started, but to, to, to think you're going to keep getting it at that level in terms of the scoring, you're probably not. So yeah. that's, that's the one thing I, they, they lack in my opinion. Agree. Agree. And look last night, um, Harris only took 10 shots, made four of them. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's the problem, too. He should be getting more attempts, too. You yeah, know? He, he he should. He should. But it's kind of hard when Embiid is going 17 for 25 and Max is 12 for 24. You oh, know look, I, mean? I get it's, it. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, you know there are going to be nights when those guys aren't going bananas. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And I think those, and I think that's when Tobias Harris has to have that heightened level of, okay, they need me tonight. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I feel like you know I don't want him to get too passive. You know when you when you when you have, when you see okay the shots aren't falling for Maxi as 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 early or in beat or whatever that's when you got to be aggressive and spark the team mm-hmm. you know what I mean let them know that it doesn't have to always fall on them that's that that those are the nights where Tobias has to come in come in the clutch he has to be able to read those moments and say okay I got to be aggressive now I agree they, we need to spark now mm-hmm. my, my 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 two stars they they starting off a little sluggish we're not out of the game by any stretch of the imagination but. But I got, I got to be the one to spark this thing. He had, he needs to take ownership. Yeah, Mike's right. I, I like what they've gotten out of uh, Marcus Mars Senior. He, he yeah, has definitely contributed. Yeah, he's played well for them. Uh, it was a slow start for him. He wasn't getting a lot of minutes. Now I think Nick Nurse trusts him more, and he's giving them he's giving them punch off the bench. They're they're way better on the bench. They have way more options on the bench than they've had in years past. Guys who can play, guys who bring a toughness, uh, you know, et cetera. So yeah. It was an impressive win last night. Anyway, you slice it, especially when you consider they were, you know, pretty banged up. Yeah. Oh, ha- oh, oh. okay. That's cool. Tyler, let, let me check that out. They, you know, they have been playing better as of late. I mean, obviously there's an acclimation period, um, but that's awesome. Let, let me, um, let me, let me check. Let me look at that real quick because the Clippers look, they're a talented team. You know what I mean? Of course it's fun to troll James Harden at this point, but they, you're right. They've won nine straight games on uh, one, two, let me make sure I got that right. It could be more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you're right. Nine, nine games. And look, it's 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 against some pretty good competition. Mavericks, Pacers. Um, they've been putting up a lot of points too. So look, man. Um, credit credible credit is due. They 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 they've they've written the ship right now on the season. They're 17 and 10. So they're back. Um, so so they're back about 500. Um, they're number one in their division. Yeah. Um, as far as the standings on the season, I believe they are located in the four spot. So it's a long season, man. They're playing very well. Um, can they stay healthy? Can it translate to the playoffs? Um, 
it's going to be it's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, I think I think this year's NBA playoffs is going to be really cool to see because we're seeing a a, a handful of different dynamics being um, developed throughout the season. Well, the big question with the Clippers is what you just said. Um, are they going to be breaking down? Uh, you know, Kyrie mi- or uh, Kawhi misses a lot of time. Paul George misses a lot of time. Uh, you, you know, um, James Harden's not getting any younger. Well, you know, it's the same question with the Sixers. You know, at what capacity are they going to be heading into the playoffs health-wise? So something to keep your eye on there with them. But they are definitely playing better. Um all right, elsewhere, college hoops, uh, Villanova needed this one badly. They went into Creighton and got the upset in overtime. So they needed that one. That was a good win for them. It's been been a kind of a rough go, man. They had the good stretch there when they were play, uh, in the Bahamas and they won some games, including beating you know like teams like North Carolina. But mm-hmm. uh, it's been a struggle lately for them. And for them to win a game like that on the road in the Big East against a good team, that's something that, that Kyle Neptune and that crew needed bad, and they got it. What's their record right now? Oh, let's see what their record is. All right. So, uh, okay. Villanova, after winning last night at Creighton, here's the Big East. Okay. I got it. Villanova's record now is eight and four. Eight and four. Um, they had lost three in a row, they lost to St. Joe's, Drexel, and Kansas State. They've now bounced back. Last week they beat UC or two weeks ago, whatever it was, eleven days ago. They beat UCLA, and then they beat Creighton. They will play DePaul on four o'clock on at four o'clock on Saturday. So that's their next game. Okay, eight and four. They've been, they've been you know, okay. They've had they, they've been streaky, been a streaky team so far. Look, they're still season. trying to figure it out. Um, you know, new coach. Um, new you know they're you know they're trying to reestablish or find their new identity. It's, it's hard. Well, I think anytime, look, when you lose a guy like Jay Wright, Jay Wright was a unicorn. You know what I mean? Like you, you're, you're never going to bring in a guy who's going to have that kind of success. And and I think fans sometimes get spoiled a little bit by that. Also, it's going to take a little while. And it's a, just a new era with NIL, with the portal, with everything. You know, I think a lot of or, um, um teams are trying schools are trying to get their their feet on the ground and, and wrap their their hands around this thing and arms around this thing and right now it's a struggle a little bit for sure absolutely nal changed the game um for the better but also for the worse and that's with anything right yeah yeah i agree with you 100 percent uh elsewhere shohei otani wins the associated press top male athlete it is the second time that he's won the award uh hard to argue Considering what the guy did, you know, in terms of being a two-way baseball player and how dominant he was last year. So uh, I say kudos. Kudos to Otani. Good for him. Yeah, definitely, man. Otani's a beast, man. Let's call it what it is. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in L.A. Um, you know, I, his talent is so extraordinary. Oh. You know what I mean? That... I would love, I would love to be on fly on a wall and just see how he moves around in Japan. Oh my god! I would love to just see how he moves around in Japan. Yeah, he's got to be a rock star. I mean, it's got to be crazy. I, I don't know that he can even go even go out in public, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if they had the same kind of hero worship that, that you know we do in the states. I don't know. I don't no, know what the, I, the no, culture's I, like. No, that. I, one time I seen Allen Iverson go to China, and that airport they had the. It was it, it was it was like the president walked in. Like, yeah. I see how I see how they treat our legends. So imagine how 
they shoot their own legends. True. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? Yep. Like, like Alan Iverson still gets crazy love in China. Mm-hmm. Crazy love. Otani in Japan. Yeah. That dude probably walks on water. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, so I think you'd enjoy this, our last story of the day. So the the Pro Bowl has added a tug-of-war skills competition for 2024. Uh, prepare for a bunch of port hamstrings. Offensive and defensive linemen. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll do, and, I, and I like that they've made this a skills competition rather than a game. You know, they, they have 10 skill competitions that will include uh, – Precision passing, I actually really like that one. Dodgeball, kick, tack, toe, kicking competition, and a gridiron gauntlet relay. Did so it, um, war. Didn't my uh, um, Miles Garrett get hurt? Didn't he get hurt in one of those? He arms? did. He did, and he said, I'm never doing this again. I forget what it, it was like. A, uh, did he tear something? Flag football or something. Yeah, it didn't turn out to be anything all that serious. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was something he either slight tear or he pulled or it was something. I remember that, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah. I need to look." Yeah, that's the danger, man. If I'm an owner, man, I'm holding my breath. I get it's not as dangerous as them actually playing a football game, but I'm still like, "Ooh, yeah. I don't know." Hey, listen, man. <laughs> it had. Well, what can you do, man? You know, you know, it's so funny, right? We all in our in our everyday life, we play pickup ball, we do all kinds of different things, you know, dodgeball, we run around with the kids or whatever it may be. And we don't think twice about our ACL, think twice yeah. about, you know, our Achilles or whatever. We just move it around. Mm-hmm. Right. But it just seems like these guys, we like, we, we look at we look at them like they're glass. You know what I mean? It's like hey, 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 don't don't hey be careful. Don't look hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put <laughs> them in bubble mean? tape. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just like, you know, sometimes injuries are just meant I don't Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes, sometimes things are unavoidable. Yeah, unavoidable. And I, and I think that's the point I'm trying to get across, right? It's just something's just unavoidable. I can't think of how many times I've twisted my ankle while I was jogging and I, you know, stepped on a pebble on my ankle, kind of buckled, <laughs> and I heard that sound. And yes. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. But nothing tore, nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like, or nothing broke, or nothing There's snapped. nothing worse than the stub toe in bare feet in the middle of the night when you don't see something. The pain that shoots through. Your your toe, foot, and uh, your body. You're, you're seeing. You're literally seeing stars when something like that happens, man. My my, my dad. He uh he stubbed his toe so bad earlier this year. He had to um he had to get surgery on it. Oh yeah, my he, god! He stubbed it so bad he had to get surgery on it. They had to break it and then kind of put it back in place and put a couple pins oh. in there. He's he's wearing he's wearing he's wearing a boot right now. Oh um, man. But it, it, it's it's hilarious because oh. <laughs> because he was stuck in the house for a month, oh. you know. And, and you got you got to explain to people I stubbed my toe. Yeah, actually, you uh, just my, make something up, man. You know, you just yeah. make up a real injury. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Funny. All right, we're uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the best. Don't go anywhere. National Football Show coming your way uh, with Dan Cilio. Tone will be uh, a part as well, and we're back tomorrow. At the same time, getting you set for the Birds and the Giants over this weekend. So, everybody, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We're looking forward to hanging out with you on Friday. For Tone, I'm Rob. Thanks for hanging out. Take care, you guys.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.